a complete conspiracy, you know. All the evil people of the world have banded together. Communists, subversives, thieves. It's a total, complete, worldwide conspiracy. This is episode number 141, but it's conspiracy show number 11. Is that an anagram? Is possibly. an anagram? Possibly. So it's in our gallery of conspiracy shows, number 11, but podcast 141. I am Sputnik. With me as always is Victor. Hello. And of course, Tor. Hi there. Or are we? I oh. don't know. But yeah. first, let's get to a few pertinent issues. We got some really pertinent issues going on right now. Victor, go. I'd well, I well I I have a couple things I like to talk about, but one of them yes. is the best show on television and the worst show on television. All right, so trot them out. All right, the best show on television right now we've got Breaking Bad, and oh, it's yeah. coming up to its yeah. last episode. By the time you hear this episode from us, it will have aired. And I gotta say, I've watched the penultimate episode. I'm I'm almost at the very end of this uh, television series. <laughs> Osmandius. <laughs> well, Osmandius, and then there was Granite State after right. that, and now mm-hmm. we're leading up to, um, it starts, uh, F- uh Finia or something like that. Anyway, yeah. uh, yeah, we're heading up to that last 75 minute episode. And the thing I got to say about it is it seems like there were some contract negotiation problems and Vince could have had a whole season out of this material. Right. He really could have had fun with this, but it looks like he's trying to just wrap everything up. Well, you know, there um, is going to be a spinoff. Yeah, but it's not going to have anything to do with you know this no, story. No, it, it could it could be good. I mean, oh, it could be fantastic. Uh, Mrs. Sputnik has not seen any of Breaking Bad, so mm-hmm. I'm actually thinking. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually thinking going back from yeah. the beginning and just going through it because I I, well, I think she'd really enjoy it. I, amazing... I would like to catch back up with all the. I suggest the spinoffs though should be conforming to good. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> building good yeah. doesn't have the same ring. Brought to you by bad. Dwight yeah. Eisenhower. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, so you know, in Granite State, there's these parallels between what Skyler is doing and the very first episode, right. uh, the pilot, with uh, Walter White confronting right. his doctor. So they're really tying it up with a nice bow, and it's really brilliant television, yeah. well thought out, well acted. It's just fantastic television. Well, the uh, the last episode of Dexter 
was on just last Sunday. And I'm a little bit behind. Like I'm I know, behind I know, and no spoilers or anything. All, all I'm going to say is I was very surprised, and uh, it's really hard to get happy after watching that episode. Yeah, you've said that. Now that's a spoiler in itself because yeah. now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, what could have possibly oh. – everything went wrong. <sighs> anyway, I'll well, watch it's, it. It's, it's one of those that where, it. yeah, you really got to just – yeah, go through the whole thing. And- but I got to say, so I'm watching Breaking Bad and I'm realizing this is just groundbreaking cinematography. It's brilliantly yeah, it, shot. It's a great brilliantly series. acted. It's brutal and harsh and crazy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Viking princess and I earlier this summer decided to turn on um, after her swimming class under the dome. <laughs> And mm-hmm. so we're watching Under the Dome because it's one of these few Stephen King books I haven't actually read. Sure. And I thought, okay, I'll watch a little bit of this miniseries. And I watched the first couple episodes and I'm Isn't like... Isn't that basically the Simpsons movie though? Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. This <laughs> isn't right. a miniseries. It's a full season with another season to come. And I'm like, no shit, you because they're under the dome. It ends with them getting out of the dome. It, it had to have some <clears throat> end to it. It had to have like a an end uh, on it. But anyway, it's completely random and crappy and just mm-hmm. it's complete and utter horseshit it, it's so terrible you go from watching something like breaking bad to watching something like under oh, the dome yeah and and the viking princess was enjoying it and i totally get why mm-hmm. but after a while i started making fun of it and poking fun at it and and just making fun and then i found a youtube video of someone else pointing out all the hilarious stupidity oh, of yeah. the show and i had to show wow. her that and you just you just see really bad camera. You see really terrible acting. Yeah, just terrible acting. And you've got Hank from Breaking Bad, right. um, in the show itself, well, which should have lent some credibility. And we all have to pay the actor. bills. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this was a cash grab for sure. But did you say wow, under the dome was? Did you say that was a Stephen Spielberg? Uh, Stephen King. Stephen King, Stephen King yeah. novel. Yeah, it's a Stephen King novel. And okay. and novels end, and there was an end to the story. But this is yeah. wants to go on and on. So yeah, uh-huh. and, and right there I got demotivated because I was like. What yeah. is? Please, I just need an ad. Yeah, I just I can't even believe he wrote that book. Like I say, after the Simpsons mm-hmm. movie, because it's mm-hmm. like really. I mean, we've kind of been there. And... But, but he does good stuff, like with Tommy Knockers and aliens. He has fun oh, with how aliens sure, can mess with humans sure, and sure. all these strange things. But it, he's it a could one be a good pony premise. sometimes. Yeah. yeah, I suppose it could be. Uh, I've actually uh, two new series that I, I've uh, Agents of Shield is not yet. Uh, debut. It yet. has. It has. Yes. Oh, I missed that. I I've guess. watched it, and I gotta say about that is good, it's, bad, and different. It's very fun. It's very fun. Okay. It's got it's got the Joss Whedon stamp to it. Okay. Just just imagine the characters of Buffy, Firefly, those those kind of worlds coming together and making a, when did a it TV debut? show. Uh, yesterday, I believe. Oh, oh damn! Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure it'll, uh, I'll, I can. I've got it on my DVR and. All right. I thought it was really fun, and even the preacher from Firefly shows up, so he's he's throwing some roles to nice. uh, to some old friends. So is this one kid friendly? Yeah, it, it's very kid friendly, but you know, it's that it's that whole PG kind of thing where they're linking the the Marvel universe. There's there's obviously fighting and good guys and bad guys, okay. but it mm-hmm. really had the charm and wit. And I'm not giving anything away, but you know, Agent Coulson shows up, which I love because yeah. I you know. I think he's a from great, the dad. Yeah, so it's a prequel. Well, you know, you don't really know what's going on with Agent. Coulson, That's right. You could you could be like, yeah, a Coulson android. Imagine any uh, comic mm. book, and no one dies in comic. Exactly. Books and, and, so it's on Tuesday mm-hmm. nights. That's kind of a weird mm-hmm. night for mm-hmm. a, a show. But I, actually, there's there's two that I've I've left. Oh, I, was gonna, I know what I was going to say. Torch, oh, yeah. Torchwood it reminds me of the Torchwood. It's it's oh, yeah. like a small gang of people coming together to solve crime or solve. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a new Torchwood series. Oh, really? Yeah, it's coming soon on the BBC if if it hasn't already. 
Cool. I just I just keep seeing uh, teasers for it when I watch Broadchurch. That's good. I'd like to see that. Uh, I love I love Broadchurch. It's like one of these small English coastal towns where like everybody's got a secret mm-hmm. and like everybody's unhappy. And I'm thinking, Jesus, did you all just find one another in this town or something? And... Now, you know, Torchwood spells Doctor Who, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who. <laughs> so um, Helen Wheels has been fabulous mm-hmm. this season. Um, there's only like a couple episodes left. That's really been fun. SOA has been has been a lot of fun the two new series that i've i've started to watch is sleepy hollow which is on monday nights which i i love having good shows on monday nights because that's when i need them the most and uh like for instance uh strangers with candy Mm -hmm. with amy sedaris used to be on monday nights and that was just always my like oh yeah okay i can i feel better now right anyways the sleepy hollow is really really good and speaking of conspiracies it's it's like so it's ichabod crane but he's not this like weaselly little guy he was actually a spy for george washington his wife was a witch and there's this whole like and washington was telling him about this whole witch conspiracy good and bad witches that that's been there since you know and so Mm -hmm. it's it's really very cool has great effects it's nice and creepy just good characters uh and uh, i also like brooklyn 99 with uh, Adam Sandler. Oh, yeah, that's pretty funny. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, I, that's the one I was trying to think of when you guys were talking about news shows. I saw that one too. And uh, uh, yeah, that, I love that. I got to watch that some more. <laughs> no, I get what the time means. <laughs> yeah. We're in a team. Because <laughs> <laughs> we all wear the yeah. same thing. And it has uh, one of the guys from uh, what's that show with Ray Romano that got canceled? Uh, everyone loves Raymond? No, no, no. The um, dog on it. I can't believe we uttered that name of that show on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, it was the good show that Ray Romano did. I mean, Everybody Loves Raymond was it was funny, but this was uh, it had um, the black guy. I can't remember his name. That's now in uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine Nine. Well, it, you can it, tell a fucking story, yeah. Torah. Oh, this is weaving a tale. This is called not being prepared. This and, is and it had just that, a hair away from a saga. And it had that Star Trek <laughs> Enterprise captain who was also in Quantum Leap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like we're on twenty five thousand dollars pyramid or something. You that, know that movie that about the ship that sinks Titanic? No, <laughs> no, that's not it. And that other guy from Everybody's Loves Raymond's uh uh Giano? Yeah, something like that. But um <laughs> Well, we're down the rabbit hole. No, now. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in three, four hours I'll remember this. <laughs> we'll come back. I'm I'm uh, sure our listeners will let us know <laughs> no, based on those exactly. clues. <laughs> <laughs> we it's almost like got another you know contest got. going on. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that movie where they're ninjas and fighting? And You know that movie <laughs> where Jesus gets crucified? I mean, this the passion? Bad. No, I, I, no. I took you my know. Omega-3 today, but apparently it's not working. <laughs> I saw that they're remaking Carrie again. Did you see that? Oh, it's with it's with oh. uh, Hit Girl. And I think, why did this have to be remade? It's, I mean, It's like you're saying. It's like, oh, you know, the original Titanic was okay. But it's I a mean, reboot. We should really redo that. Let's reboot this. <laughs> You know, you. Citizen Kane was all right, but we should really make another version of it and see if we can really do a better job. <laughs> all right, tell me if this sounds right. Men uh, of a certain age. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 With that yeah. one guy. It had, he was one of the men. And now, <laughs> I, now he's the captain. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, right. You're yeah, right. Yeah, I, yeah. I started watching that show, but that certain age is the age I am. And it really kind of fucking brought me down to be honest with you. I was like, yeah, I watched this. I watched this is 40 with Paul Rudd. Yeah. It, it brought me down, but it actually made me a little happy because I was like, oh, yeah, I can relate. <laughs> I can relate with that. It was kind of funny when he was on the toilet. <laughs> yeah. So, you're always- I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> 
She takes the iPad away. <laughs> so I I will say uh, the one DVD that I've I've seen recently. Oh no, this is funny. Uh, so so I went on the interwebs looking to see when the release date would be for Fast and Fabulous Six because mm-hmm. you know I want to see that A new fastening. Yeah, the new fastening. <laughs> <laughs> so it because I want to see that that redone. Dodge Super B, mm-hmm. or you know the the Super B with the the big rims and you know the Rock and the whole crew again. Just what the hell? Trot it out one more time, <laughs> and it's like, oh no, that hasn't been released yet. But Vin Diesel did did say that Fast and Fabulous Seven has been greenlighted, and it's nice. like, oh my god, how many more segments can we tell of this story? <laughs> Guessing an even ten, yeah, possibly. Anywho, so one thing, one thing I did very recently is I upgraded my iOS system to iOS seven. Ooh, and uh, for any of you Apple users out there, it's pretty, pretty slick. I mean, it's almost like you're using an Android phone. Yeah, it's almost as good as Android. It's almost as good as Android. No, it's actually really slick. I really like it. I gotta say, um, it's semi open source. I've been waiting for that for a long time, but. It's really been hell on my uh, home theater system because the Apple oh. TV no longer works properly. <laughs> so it can't find any of my movies. It can't do anything anymore. It's, is the Apple TV an, an iOS or well, is that a I, OS I think X? that they, when they upgraded the iOS, they upgraded iTunes to 11.1. And I think iTunes 11.1 doesn't do proper home sharing with the Apple TV software. I restored it. Yeah. I reset it. I restored it to factory. I, I rebooted it. I did everything I could possibly do other than wipe out my entire computer and, and start from scratch because it's not that important to me that the girls get to watch a movie that's on the computer on the Apple TV. But anyway, sure. Wow. Good Lord. Early, early adapting is good, but it's kind of a giant pain yeah. in the ass. Yeah, and, and yeah. not so much. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, so I was going to mention the uh, DVD that I saw recently that I really liked mm-hmm. uh, was uh, The Reluctant Fundamentalist. And it's just a very interesting story uh, about this uh, Pakistani man who comes to America, starts working for this very high-powered New York firm, Mm -hmm. Wall Street firm. And then 9-11 occurs. And then, so, you know, he's really kind of at the top of the heap, but it's like, yeah, but you look kind of (laughs) Muslim. (laughs) You're named Jihad? Yeah. (laughs) So... It, the story continues and so forth, but it's it's just really. I, I thought it was an interesting movie, hmm. and it it kind of um, oh, mad. I, I picked up a Mad magazine recently, and they did they did a a, a parody of uh, Homeland called Ho Homeland. Oh God! I mean, because the, the, the new season that's going to start, I'm going to be a whore. I'm going to watch it, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you guys ever saw the SNL skit that um, uh, you know, Catwoman, um, Selena Kyle. No, not <laughs> <laughs> the, the the last person. You, you know, Halle Berry. No, it wasn't. Oh, now you're just being difficult. Um, she she um, co-hosted the um, Oscars. Elizabeth Shue. No, it's just in my dreams now. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> in any case, um, I know who you're talking about, but I can't remember her name. Yeah, I can't either. So doesn't matter. Our research department really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> They're phoning it in. Uh, well, fuck Anne me. Hathaway. Yeah, but what the fuck was I talking about? I don't know, but she co-hosted some Oscar thing. Yeah, with and there was the roast of um, the guy she co-hosted it with. <laughs> fuck! <laughs> oh, it's James uh, Franco? James Franco, yeah. 
So she co-hosted the. Eight... We're like one brain. All three of us Jesus together. Jesus Christ! It's like Nestor. Get the Pennsylvania Dutch out. So is there a gas leak? <laughs> 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 So, um, so there was this SNL skit where Anne Hathaway played uh, the Carrie character, uh-huh. and she did it beautifully. She told, "No, Don, no, no, no," <laughs> and then they had the guy, you know, the, the, the Brody lieutenant, and he, he had his mouth real tight, and he said, "Can't you open your lips any further?" No, I can't. <laughs> and it was Anne Hathaway. She uh, had that really disastrous co-host with the uh, Oscars with James Franco. Although the roast of James Franco was awesome, right? I mean, that's just that. That's a cash grab for people. That roasting business is uh, totally just people wanting to hang out and yeah, goof yeah. off. No kidding. Yeah, and, and that's fine. And Andy Samberg did that weird anti-roast thing, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Where he was like faking, ro- you know, trying to make. I just think he's a great guy. Yeah, but it was so. Andy Kaufman-esque, like, yeah, that's what he was, was going for. And yes, if you weren't into it, yeah, I don't think you'd get it, you know, that mm-hmm. it was funny in some way. But. That's right. So I'll watch Homeland, but I, I have to say that, you know, I started off, like, the first season I liked. The second season was more disappointing to me, and now I'm kind of, like, really approaching it with some trepidation. So the mad satire is helping. I'm probably just going to have it in front of me while I'm watching the, the mm. series and just go, yeah, yeah okay. I'm at a break from Mad Men because I forgot to DVR it. I was watching it all on Netflix. Yeah. And I didn't realize, oh, I have AMC, <laughs> but... But now I don't have any of it recorded, so I'm a season behind, and I watching, can't watch any of it. So you haven't seen Alison Brie on Mad Men uh, from well, Community? She's been on it for years. Yeah, so, well, yeah, yeah, that's true, too. So, I mean, but I'm just, I got to this point, and I just wish I could keep watching it, because it's just so relaxing. It's so calming. Yeah. It is. It is it's, until it gets to a certain yeah. point where... And then all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty a Somebody's fun getting <laughs> finger-raped in a <laughs> restaurant hallway or something. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> oh! Keeps you on your toes. My! <laughs> Anyways. Um, well, I'm, I'm uh, finishing up... I'm not quite done yet, but finishing up season six of Emergency. <laughs> wow! Wow! Are Which you is, in an ultimate uh, time stream? Oh, I got to tell you, it's it's it, it's a fun ride. But uh, I'll definitely <laughs> talk about your '70s fashions <laughs> being rocked to death. <laughs> but the '70s fire engines are really cool. But oh yeah. I, anyway, once I'm all caught up there, I definitely have to be starting one of these other shows. Oh, absolutely. Sounds like, but I, you know. John and Roy, they just, it, it's it, its just nonstop drama. I, you know, you know. <laughs> honestly, the thing I like about Hell and Wheels is it's its like the kind of Western that Sam Peckinpah wanted to make. Did you know that mm-hmm. he originally wrote and directed The Rifleman? Hmm, no. It's so weird. I mean, you're familiar with The Rifleman, right? Yep, yep. You know, um, Lucas McCain and... Uh, and his boy Mark, pa, pa, you know, he's, he he kind of served the same function of bandit, you know, on Johnny Quest, which is essentially to alert everybody that we're here and please fuck us up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like bandit and race Bannon were kind of like polar opposites in Johnny Quest is like bandit's going to make sure everyone's in trouble. Race Bannon's going to pull everyone out. Of Wasn't trouble. that Haji a Muslim? He was a Muslim. <laughs> Not so secret either. Sim Salabim. <laughs> I love Johnny Quest. Just a little conspiracy teaser. Because mm. uh, this one doesn't really bear a whole guy going into, but since we're talking about it, one of the the funniest new conspiracy theories that, that I read about was that, you know, uh, President Obama got a new Portuguese water dog, water Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, I forget what, the, I think wasn't the first one called Bo or something. Anyways, okay. he, called, he called this one Sunny. And now the conspiracy is that it's really Sunni. 
Ah, Sudi Muslim. I named this dog Shiite, as in he's a piece of Shiite. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing of that is, is like, what if you had a guy who was running for president and he was Muslim? Yeah, I know. Heaven forbid. Would that be a big deal? Well, at least or? he's not atheist. Yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's right. Yeah, we'll never see that. For some people, yeah. A woman, maybe. Uh, Muslim, nah, probably not. Uh, well, as long as we're getting in the conspiracy theories on a less than serious note, um, I, one movie I did watch is Apollo 18. Oh, awesome oh, movie. What do you think? Which, I haven't uh, seen it. it. I saw it. It's really good. I have it, not seen it, Tor. It, please it, tell me. It's decent. It, it's, uh, it is kind of like like just Apollo film footage. Yes. Uh, with a yes. little kind of shaky which cam. Was, which was fake, too, as we know. Bl- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. no. But the uh, that's the, a callback to episode uh, conspiracy the, the theory prim- number one. Okay, it, mm-hmm. it, if you yes. standard history claims that our last moonshot was Apollo seventeen, correct, and uh, Apollo eighteen and nineteen were canceled. Yes, the Apollo eighteen uh, conspiracy theory is Ooh. that Apollo eighteen was really launched in secret. It was. They said they're launching some satellite or something, but it was really a moon launch. Yeah, like you'd use a Saturn V for a satellite, you know? Right. I mean? Yeah, that's one big satellite. <laughs> I mean, they used it for Skylab. That's how big of a satellite it has yeah. to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the, uh, so they, they go to the moon and, and it's a secret mission because they got to place these Department of Defense pod sensor thingamajiggers. Right. And anyway, but on the dark th- side of the moon, I hope. Things go all haywire from well, there. <laughs> funny you should mention that. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I enjoyed it. Do we it, do, it, we, do we want to just tell just the, the plot? No, fun I want to watch it. No, okay. yeah, let's it. not spoil right. it for Victor. I also want to watch There's Project a, Europa as well. I, I don't think they explained yeah. some parts of the ending as well as they could have. No, but it, but it had but, it had a good overall feel to it. It, it you know it had right. a good conspiracy. Yeah, and, it, and you're right. Yeah. The footage did look like you know NASA footage from about that period of time, kind of Super or, Eight, and you know. Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, it it was cool. Yeah, and in some ways the footage maybe. I think the footage NASA got is typically cleaner. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> to be but sure. anyway, they 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 shook it up and scratched it up, which uh, kind of somewhat is explainable given it's a little how the ending did. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a fun movie if you're into space and all that stuff. And, I liked it just for. I'm that. starting yeah. to develop a problem with found footage movies though. Like found it, footage horror movies where you know they find the footage of the person that died by such yes, and such a thing. Yeah, it, that's always it, a little. It's bit like tough. anything you got to handle it, it, it well. It yeah. is a yeah found footage. You know the footage was mailed to a website <laughs> right. uh, that yeah. So well, that's how they found out about Majestic Twelve. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some guy just got like a mail. You know, it's like these Xerox <laughs> letters, and it's uh-huh. like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So. To begin cool. our conspiracy episode, again, we have to say we're not trying to propagate these silly rumors because a conspiracy theory is not a theory. A theory is something that is testable and reproducible. These are neither. They're just conspiracies. And we urge you to use rational thought, multiple sources. In fact... I have an article that is in the newest issue of Scientific American Mind magazine, and it deals with, you know, a lot of uh, psychological experiments, brain experiments, neurophysiology, and so forth. Right. And they have one in there about 
uh, conspiracy theories. And what it comes down to is they have uh, they came up with uh, three findings that I thought was very interesting. Number one, people who believe in one conspiracy theory are likely to espouse others even when they are contradictory. So, for instance, uh, one of your personal favorites, uh, uh, Victor <laughs> Alex Jones, you know, yeah. can, can go on and on and on about, you know, that how, was a false flag attack. It was a false, it was flag, false attack. flag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but yeah. you know, and and the price of gold was affected, and this, and, and mm, yeah, that. yeah. So I mean, that's how the human it mind was works. The Jews. And the Muslims. The Jews and the Muslims. And the lizard people. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's just like, the Jews and the Muslims are controlled by the, the lizard something, people. Something, yeah. yeah how can we put this together? Anyway. But, but that's like crazy. <laughs> but that is how the human mind works. Infowars. It, it takes disparate elements and it tries to make some sort of sense out of them. But in this case, rational thought is completely overcome because you, if you believe in one theory, you can believe in others. And even if one contradicts one another and you say, oh, I believe that. And then you go on to the next one. And it's like, well, if that's true, then this couldn't be true. And, you know, the second item is uh, conspiracy ideation is also linked with mistrust of science, including well-established findings such as smoking can cause lung cancer. Uh, <laughs> the moon landing was fake. Gravity. Evolution. Yeah. Gravity, yeah. So, so, that, so is religion basically a conspiracy theory? Well, it's not, it's, it's <laughs> not, it's not even religion. It was a jab. It was just a jab. Necessarily, it's, it's more or less just the, the total lo- lack of any kind of rational right. thought process and saying, well, if this is true... In other words, you know, you 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 have a theory, you form a hypothesis, you try to take into account variables and everything, you have a way to test it, and then you go back and you try to say, okay, you know, is this what I expected to find, or you know, if if this finding is went this way, should I be looking at this, or did I do the experiment wrong, whatever? This is these are not theories in any way, shape, or form. And right. the last item is mere exposure to information supporting various fringe explanations can erode engagement in societal discourse. So, in other words, you start you know reading these fringe groups and you say, "Oh, wow, this is the." And and how many movie or TV plots have we seen where you know somebody? Uh, well, that that famous Mel Gibson movie, Conspiracy Theory, where it's like he's this fringe guy and everyone thinks he's kind of crazy, but, but he's was, actually piecing everything together. That was and, found yeah. footage of people actually following Mel Gibson. Gibson around and filming him talk about the Jews, wasn't it? <laughs> actually, actually, I have conspiracy <laughs> theories on that, okay. which I will I will reveal later. All right. All right. <laughs> so, but, but they do call it the silo effect. They call you know when yeah. you get insulated by your own opinions and surrounded by them, that's all you hear. And and that's one of the dangers of places like uh, you know Facebook, where you choose to like certain people that espouse the same beliefs as you, then you end up siloing into the ideas that you all agree on, and then. You just branch out from there. You're not going to run like on my Facebook feed. I'm not going to run into Fox News because I think they're a bunch of lying douchebags, even though every now and then there might be some abrasive fact from them or, you know, viewpoint from them that might jar me out of whatever I believe. Well, that's what distant family members are for. Right. We call that Thanksgiving. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Oh, you're so fucking smart. (laughs) Yeah. How many Thanksgivings have we had like that? (laughs) No, you've knocked over the cranberries. Shaped like a can. <laughs> I was abducted by aliens. What do you think about that, smart guy? Yeah. How are you going to explain that with your science? I saw Bigfoot in 1952. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, there's further reading, and I have started reading some of these, and they are quite good. And, and this one, I would, uh, these two I would recommend. The Empire of Conspiracy, The Culture of Paranoia in Post-War America by Timothy Melly. 
and uh, also Dead and Alive, Beliefs in Contradictory Conspiracy Theories by Michael J. Wood, Karen M. Douglas, and Robbie M. Sutton. And that's just an that's just an article, but but it it does bring up the the important point that it's like you really do go down a rabbit hole right. in good lord. Just in talking about this episode, I went down some rabbit holes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, oh my god. <laughs> and here, just to uh, counter Sputnik's claim that we're not going to propagate these things, and and let me preface this: I'm making this up on the spot, so this is I have Four is no not evidence. Pulling this out of our uh, ass, we're yeah. totally. But I just had this idea talking about Bigfoot. Um, Are you going to try to start another LLC? No, no. What really <laughs> surprises me about this is, is now that you mentioned how everybody ties it together, how come nobody has tied Bigfoot with human alien hybrid species? They Dude, actually have. They have. Rule, oh, rule, see, rule, I just haven't seen it yet. There's probably even porn about no, it. No, yeah. no. It's true. I, I'm just saying. Okay, l- let me just be honest. There are nights when I'm by myself and I'm drinking too much and I'll watch shows that I shouldn't like, Ancient Aliens or what have oh, okay. you. Okay. Mainly because I'm too loaded to change the channel. But in any case, there is an episode where it's like Bigfoot sightings and UFO sightings are somehow linked and somehow like they're... Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. That from makes the UFOs. Me, that or... makes me feel better because, quite frankly, that connection was obvious. And yeah. I would be totally surprised if no one made, had made it up until now. And the UFO piloted by Nessie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, right. yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing is like, we're we're having fun with these. We're just throwing these out here. Memes will be flying all over the yeah. place. But that's the point, is that, yeah, you, you may have believed some of these in the past. Challenge yourself when you see these. And I'm sure if, if you find some others that you think are equally outrageous, please feel free to send them at feedback at tankriot.com because we love to collect these things. Mm-hmm. And like I say, again, with that warning given... Yeah. Let's proceed to some conspiracies. Let me let me jump in and say this is episode number eleven of our conspiracy theory episode uh, yes. list. So it's we've the primary done, number. We've done ten of these already. <laughs> so Thank the, you, Tor. The number eleven that makes is it creepy. Now it is significant. <laughs> uh, but but what that means is we've talked about how we are just uh, thought gathering. You know, as humans, we're just animals on this earth, and our eyeballs see things, and we're 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 susceptible to all kinds of yeah. Foolhardy beliefs and ideas, and sure. some of them, yeah, it's creepy enough to be fun and interesting to talk about. But yeah, I don't want to lend any credence to any of these ideas. Well, I'll, I'll give you um, something that I heard uh, to to uh, you know throw something out to a, to another podcast that I enjoy, uh, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, and he was uh, Dan Carlin's Hardcore <laughs> History. He was talking about the Spanish American War, and, and at the beginning of that, he makes a very good point that it's not so much conspiracy theory, but Never let a good crisis go to waste. Mm-hmm. So obviously, yes, if there's a crisis, people will try to put can find themselves with the opportunity to uh, uh, push forth an agenda or get programs funded or make themselves wealthy or make themselves powerful or perhaps both based on the public's fear or distrust of a particular group or situation. Uh, one of them that we'll be talking about tonight is obviously MK Ultra and the CIA right. and so forth, which we have covered in some ways, but this is kind of like the new MK Ultra. Now, given that, and this is one of the things with conspiracy theories. So, yeah, I mean, I think we should just pick one and, and talk about it. Let's hit MK Ultra first because that's kind of like okay. a big, big topic that I think goes way, way back into the very, very beginnings of what we now hear about as mind control and all right. these things that are still to this day around. 
And just as a brief overview, we'll, we'll go very briefly over this, but during like the 1940s, we started hearing going back even to the show trials of the 1930s that there was crazy shit going on in uh, Russia. And we started trying to figure out how we could uh, create coercive consent and get people to do things that we wanted them to do by using some types of hypnosis and mind control and torture and all kinds of different ways to to mm -hmm. get people to be compliant and tell us things we needed right. them to tell us. And we had this idea that the Russians had ways of getting people to talk. And we then heard that the Chinese also had ways of getting people to talk, especially with POW survivors. There was a very small minority of Americans who Right. You know, turned on yeah, the, the allies. This was uh, American prisoners who were captured by North Korea. Right. and Or uh, Chinese in North Korea, yeah. In the yeah, Chinese in North Korea, and there were turncoats. And so actually, there's some very good movies uh, about that as well. You know, not the least of which the Manchurian Candidate. Right. But well, yeah, yeah. The man you always hear the word Manchurian Candidate over and over. Just go watch the movie mm -hmm. to get it out of your head, so you can understand what right. everyone so, thinks could possibly happen. So MK Ultra. I mean, to be clear about this, it, the idea was is that yes, there was some concerns that the Soviets were already ahead of us in in this area. Mm -hmm. So it, it goes beyond mere propaganda. It goes beyond mere interrogation of prisoners or captured spies or, or anything like that in that you can use this to align and control whole populations. Right. Um, and it's it's kind of funny because it's absolutely ridiculous. But at the time, they didn't know that. And they didn't know that it was really that hard. And and some people still to this day do not know <laughs> that it's really that hard. It is very hard. But um, one thing I really want to squeeze in before we get too far is the whole idea of brainwashing. Right. I mean, you know I love Lao Tzu and I love the Tao. Uh, sure. The whole idea of brainwashing comes from our studies of the Chinese and their ability to break people. Right. And – that whole term was applied from the the Taoist idea of washing the brain, washing the hands, cleansing the heart. Sure, you know before you go in to do an activity, right. just cleanse the mind, cleanse the heart. So it started from a, a very spiritual yeah, thing, a very spiritual idea. Like the concept mm -hmm. of jihad yeah. is, is actually a spiritual war, yes, but then exactly. became like, no, I'm going to put the sword exactly. right up your ass. So yeah. now brainwashing <laughs> means something completely uh, different. It's pejorated, if you yeah. will. Uh, <laughs> But so, but out of Operation Paperclip, where we took all these Nazis, and as mm -hmm. we talked earlier, some of them became our best and brightest at building rockets and helping us. Vinifan Brown, <laughs> we'll making about Tomorrowland and Disneyland. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Werner von Braun, look him up or listen to Tank Riot. Space is looking quite Aryan today. <laughs> so, so out of that, we get uh, Project Chatter, Project Bluebird. You get some of these ideas that right. you can apply some of these methodologies that the that the Nazis were doing in, to create compliance. And we were looking at uh, all kinds of chemicals. We were looking at hypnosis we were looking at just raw torture we were breaking people and lsd of course well lsd came in a little bit later when we started yes, getting into well so there's this uh there's this one group uh within the cia when the cia was actually founded and yeah started uh getting involved in all this and i think richard helms is the guy who they should make a movie about richard helms we don't have time to discuss him in great detail today but look up richard helms and read about where he he was like a fly on the wall of all history right up until right. the end of nixon another one is uh colby well yeah yeah and mm -hmm. actually there's a very good documentary that you can stream from netflix uh that's done by his son now colby was another one of these guys that um 
you know, like if you if you look at the history of uh, the big mafia dons, the El Capos and mm-hmm. so forth, very few of them died peacefully in their bed. <laughs> right. You know, like luckily, lucky Luciano is like just that he was lucky. He just died of old age in his bed. And that was it. Most of them didn't end up so well. Colby was one of these guys that was involved, you know, like OSS in World War Two, right on through. And and Helms and Colby had a lot to do with the CIA in the 70s, mm-hmm. because in the mid 70s, that's when the MK Ultra project came to light. Right. And uh, Colby. Now, I, I don't know. Not many people remember this, but uh, it's brought up, obviously, in the documentary that I watched. But it, this was like this little news story. So he retired from the CIA, and this guy was involved in every kind of counter-intel, pro-nasty, ugly, black project you right. could think of. And he just retired. Uh, one day, he was out on his boat dock, and he was going to go for a little boat ride, and he just disappeared. Hmm. Didn't find the body, didn't find, he didn't like fall in and drown, anything like that. No, never found him. <laughs> How old was he? Uh, uh, he was, he was, you know, I think in his 70s or something by then. But hmm. but the point is, is that, yeah, these, these guys were really spooky people oh, because yeah. they were involved in a lot of, a lot of this stuff. But the, the point of mm-hmm. MK Alter was, is that they were very faltering attempts at trying to control human behavior. Mm-hmm. And and they were not successful really in any way, shape, or form. So the the term MK Ultra comes from the technical services staff use the MK as a di- right. you know that's how they would uh, document the project, and then mm-hmm. Ultra stood for extra secret. You know that was the right. CIA's term you know at the time whatever for ultra secret. Uh, but but yeah, there's mm-hmm. there's different divisions, and and what's really cool about this in a weird conspiracy theory way on the angle of conspiracy theories is okay. Sputnik's right. They did a, a lot of different things. It was fairly unsuccessful. Yeah. And then they brought in LSD. And then here's where they started to really fuck up and mess with informed consent. And right. they were dosing people left and right. right. And there's, I know there was a case that we found out about. There was a mental asylum patient uh, who was dosed consecutively 147 days in a row with LSD. Mm-hmm. And they were just looking at what it would do to people. And they were learning off of human experimentation. Mm-hmm. You know, as a reminder of, you know, the whole Tuskegee uh, problem, yeah. you know, this whole idea of informed consent and human subjects research. Right. I mean, we have to be very careful nowadays to inform people of what they're doing. And therefore, then now we have built in double blinding to blind the researcher, mm-hmm. you know, because you have to blind everybody to figure out if something right. has an actual effect. Back in the day, mm-hmm. they didn't pay any attention and we're just trying to just you know, drug people left and right. And well, it was, you know, the Mm fifties was that period of time where I think, you know, government, well, not just government agencies, you know, various groups had very powerful technologies under the control or they thought under the control, but they really didn't know how to use them. (laughs) Nuclear weapons is a very good example. Yeah. Testing. Yeah. It recently came out that that one, uh, I think it was a B 52 that crashed over. What was it? No, North Carolina. Right. That dropped, uh, uh, nuke, and it was only one little safety switch that yeah. kept the bomb from going off. <laughs> Detonating. Yeah. It would have, like, screwed up the whole East Coast. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So. I mean, they, they were very um, they were very clumsy with their testing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously was with a very powerful drug like LSD, which was not by any means clearly understood in the 50s. Well, um, you know, the Unabomber himself. So here's the other thing. Um, 
a lot of institutions were named as accomplices in this whole right. MK Ultra usage. So about 80 different institutions across the United States were doing these as fronts. So it was a mm-hmm. front organization. So they didn't necessarily know that they were doing this research for the CIA. So there's right. another layer of spooktacular, yeah. you know, awesomeness. But, uh, you know, Ted Kaczynski did some studies, I think, at Berkeley where he dosed on LSD for the research and I think that was uh, linked back to MK Ultra. Well, Ken Kesey actually, and other people with uh, Ted Kaczynski, I believe those experiments took place at Harvard. Harvard, and you know this guy was already kind of emotionally fragile, very socially, mm-hmm. you know, delicate, and these experiments were essentially just just verbally abusing somebody and to try to break them down as much as possible, which is a very likely you know, origin for why he hated academics so much mm-hmm. and, you know, went on this bombing speech. So, yes. So, are... so isn't that, fa- I mean, that's fascinating right there that you could look at MKUltra and say they created the Unabomber if you wanted to draw those dots and if you wanted to draw those theorist about it. But mm-hmm. but the point is with MKUltra is because we're going to get down into that, that it, it never stopped. It was simply renamed and became mm-hmm. Operation Monarch. Well, it eventually became uh, MK Search in the right. 1960s and then. By 1972, uh, it started to come out that they were doing a lot of experimentation. One of the big problems, which we talked about in a previous episode, was Frank Olson, who was one of the researchers who uh, mysteriously jumped out of a 13-story window. And his family sued. Right. And and they said, no, it was just the drugs. It turns out when they exhumed his body, look up Frank Olson if you want to dig deeper in this. It's pretty interesting. Frank Olson actually is a very interesting case. He was bludgeoned before he actually was thrown out the window or fell out the window. We talked about that previously. So. It wasn't like he really did. But anyway, yeah. a lot of cloak and dagger, a lot of uh, crazy things were happening. It was very loose. Yeah. And by 1973, it started to unravel enough where Richard Helms declared, we're going to destroy everything. Every record of MK Ultra will be destroyed. We will not admit to any of this. Right. We're never. We're done. We're done here. <laughs> and yeah. they, they shredded everything. They destroyed all the documentation of all the experiments they were doing everywhere. Except they accidentally stored a bunch of records in the wrong building, in a different uh, record building, which were uncovered in 1977 Mm -hmm. as part of a FOIA request. So then they found 20-some thousand documents and started pouring through them and finding out what MKUltra was actually doing. Right. And uh, at the time, there was the Nixon thing was going on, and and Helms eventually – he refused to allow Nixon to get away with some of the Watergate tapping. Right. And then Nixon called him into a special Camp David meeting and said, uh, your services won't be uh, needed here anymore. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, and then he ended up being uh, the ambassador to Iran, I believe. Right. Which the Russians were just making, you know, huge hay of, you know. All right. Oh, yeah, we're, we're the best friends of America. They wouldn't send their number 10 spy. They well, sent their number one spy. Our involvement in Iran <laughs> from the 50s on is not something we can look at in It's pride pretty hilarious. Most our, days, our number one, and... air quote, spy no. was uh, the ambassador to Iran. I'm sure we're confusing <laughs> yeah. the hell out of our listeners now because it sounds like we're walking down this very shadowy path. And, in fact, we're supporting this conspiracy theory. But what we're, no. what we're actually saying is... Is that yes, during the Cold War, there were these very loose, uncoordinated attempts at doing something sinister, and nothing really came of it. But then, as part of a conspiracy theory, these things yeah. never truly end, they're just renamed. Now, there is a certain grain of truth to that. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, the Star Wars 
uh, initiative under Reagan. Well, then it became, you know, anti-ballistic missile Phantom defense. Menace. And, yeah, Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know, it, what, you know, it just, they do just, that's an aspect of government bureaucracy, mm-hmm. not so much a conspiracy, is that once a budget yeah. line is drawn, once stationery mm-hmm. is made up, once business cards are <laughs> issued and a website is out there, they're going to just rename it and do something yeah. else. Once, you know? once there's a pet project, mm-hmm. right. there's someone that wants to you know, propagate say, the pet project. There were some yeah. really big goals of the MKUltra group. They were trying to create people who could follow commands, you know, obey right. orders from a, a long distance. They had different subcategories for those different right. things they were researching. One of the big things they were trying to find was a, a truth serum. Right. You know, they were they were dosing people with heavy levels of barbiturates and then throwing right. um, heavy levels of uh, stimulants at them to try sure. to see if they could find the balance where they would all of a sudden right. be compliant. Mm-hmm. And they never really found a good truth serum. To this day, anyone who believes there's actually a truth serum out there, no. there, there just isn't. There's no. Well, it's it's the same if you if you look at all the antidepressants and everything. There's a very real reason why they say. Oh, you're depressed, and there's a little black cloud following you, and then followed by about 30 seconds or more of legal disclaimers about um, your eyes could start bleeding, you could get stigmata, you could uh, your liver will fall out, and mm-hmm. I mean that, that's the thing is is that there is no chemical silver bullet for these things. There's nothing that's going to make you just say, "Gosh, you know, I've been a lot." You know, I saw a car today that I just thought was amazing because it was I was like, and again, this is how the human mind works because i was immediately trying to find the parallels where's the pattern in this yeah so (laughs) it was this very pristine car and it had just two bumper stickers that were just completely even but on opposite sides of the trunk Uh uh-huh one said united we stand remember september 11th 2001 and then the other bumper stick sticker said my dog is a republican (laughs) (laughs) and i keep thinking Okay, <laughs> I'm not sure where this is going. So, did the Republican dog make you put the "Remember 9/11" bumper sticker on your car? Yeah, I don't know. Is it like a Son of Sam thing? It's like the dead dog is telling me how to, to kill the, yeah, the filthy horse. <laughs> wow. So, anyways, uh, so so yeah, there there is always kind of a grain of circumstantial truth or something to these where you could say, yeah, government agencies Mm -hmm. do try to perpetuate themselves. They're maybe not necessarily sinister or any better Mm -hmm. coordinated. And yes, you could take this and look at that. But yes, it is true. There were several very ugly uh, domestic and uh, foreign um, projects that were undertaken by the CIA and other agencies to to do these things you well, know? yeah my main point of it is that in 1973 they they burned everything they got rid of everything and that creates such a great groundwork but not, yeah, for well, conspiracy yeah. theory exactly. it, it makes it say well they tried to get rid of all the evidence but we found something you know and right. it just it just lets you bring it forward and and nowadays if you look up mk ultra well and by the way i gotta say there's a wonderful wonderful band out of san francisco that i love <laughs> called mk ultra they great. have since broke up and not the, trademarked yeah they're <laughs> they're absolutely fantastic uh we're not playing their music in this episode because our listeners can only generally handle one band per episode i've i've heard this from listeners okay then so our band in this episode is going to be tyranny is tyranny, and you'll just you'll just have to get to that later. Yeah. But anyway, you'll just have to suck it up, suck it up. <laughs> but uh, the lead singer runs a, a studio in San Francisco called Tiny Telephone. Love him. <laughs> I love MK Ultra, the band, uh, not not the actual uh, CIA experiments. But where were we? 
Um, <laughs> the latest news uh, about the shooter in the the Navy Yard the in DC shooter, yeah, the DC yeah. shooter, the latest DC shooter, not yes. the the DC shooters who laid in a trunk and shot people. Remember those guys? Right, yeah. Oh, that was uh, the Beltway sniper, <laughs> the, not the Beltway yeah. snipers. This is Aaron Alexis. So this is the 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 lone There's actually gunman. a movie coming out about the Beltway snipers, and it's oh, called God. like. Um, it has a weird name like Blue Cheval or Blue Impala or something because that's you know what he was using like yeah. so the kid would crawl in the mm-hmm. trunk and then pop it open. God, it's just cra- it is yeah. crazy. It is crazy. So Aaron Alexis, uh, the lone gunman, uh, Aaron Alexis, <laughs> who uh, and, and again we saw this previously with the Newtown uh, massacre where mm. where the the news reports the CNNs were all just all over and and spreading misinformation about how yeah he was a pupil, his mom was a teacher, and he has and he had accomplices and. The same thing happened with this up-to-the-minute updates about there's another shooter. They're looking for other people. Oh, sure. Which is exactly what would have happened. You know, the government's going to be looking to make sure they cover all their bases and make sure yeah. that no one's yeah. running free. And the same elite team that brought down the Boston bombers was called in to bring this guy down. Right. Which is a great fodder for conspiracy already that you've got this sure. elite government team brought yes. in to bring this guy down. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they must have known something. There must be something going on. But anyway, they're in the area and there's a lot. <laughs> but a lot it's kind of what they're trained to do. That's so. what they do. Well, yeah. yeah tactical I mean, unit. Uh-huh. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. People are already saying that Aaron Alexis is a monarch agent uh, who is a, a monarch. There's different levels of monarchs, but a monarch is... You know, a butterfly that was once a larva that went into a cocoon of MK Ultra torture and then became a monarch who now can be programmed to do crazy things. And so people are already saying there, there's a conspiracy that he's some kind of monarch operative trained to do the one mm-hmm. thing and then get killed doing it. And there's no way to argue that kind of conspiracy theory because oh. he's dead. You know, yeah, there's, exactly. there's just nothing to argue. Well, that's, well, that's one of the beauties of a lot of this. Like, I remember. Oh, I'm sorry, Tor, please uh, go ahead. Well, it's pretty clear he had some kind of mental illness problems. And it's pretty so, clear he was it, a veteran. Right. In America <laughs> with and, very little health care options. It's looking yeah. like, yeah, the veterans, uh, the VA hospitals were not. You know, treating him as well as they Guys, should. Had this been a country yeah. with socialized medicine, I hate to say it, but they probably would have pulled him into the system and well, done something about him. Yeah. The the, the irony of all of that is it goes beyond ironies. <laughs> it's just the full hypocrisy of it is that, you know, everyone's running around yeah. with these little magnetic ribbons, you know, saying support the troops, support the troops. But the fact of the matter is, is that no, their, their health care is horrible. Mm hmm. And uh, well, you, you know, yeah. honestly, compared to some Americans, their health care is actually pretty good. Well, I, I mean, OK, it's all if relative. we're talking standards, we can always lower the bar, we have lowered the bar so <laughs> yeah. far Very for true. a lot of Americans that that is. Uh, yeah, it is. I believe uh, someone just mentioned today that uh, I don't I think they're reading an article on the Internet that actually we talked bre- before about Breaking Bad that mm-hmm. you know I haven't even seen it yet, but that. Um, United States is the only country where that could actually happen because didn't the, this the whole premise <laughs> right. that he yeah. breaks bad because he, uh, his wife couldn't get health care or something he like needs, that. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he couldn't cover his own uh, right. chemotherapy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, so yeah, you're right. That's a very that's a very good motivation. Mm-hmm. And, I, I saw a cartoon that was uh, Breaking Bad in like England, and it was like. Right. I'm gonna have to. Oh wait, well, your healthcare will take care of. That? Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a very very short. Well, yeah, yeah. Episode. You know, when I was a kid, when the news, 
previous to when we had the 24-7 news networks. And and these these are people that I think are actually a lot of the fodder for these new conspiracy theories just kind of, you know, blasting out across the Internet. It's because they're so, they're, they're so busy trying to fill time that they don't check facts. They don't oh, do yeah. anything. They just mm-hmm. blow out a bunch of blather. And then somebody will go back and look at the footage and say, whoa, they said this at two o'clock and then by four o'clock they were saying this well that just means they, they weren't doing their fucking job right they yeah. had to, the cameras were on they had to talk that's right you know but if you're looking I, for patterns you're going to look for that and you're going to look sure. for someone changing yeah. their story and you're going to exactly. say you know tower Whoa. number seven right was brought down you know and, and they'll yeah. go back to that it's the same thing that oh, happened in 9-11 point. yeah exactly and, but exactly. i would just love if all these 24-hour news channels would actually you know fill it with investigative journalism that's mm. really well researched yeah, yeah. not going to happen no it's info it, it is <laughs> yeah. infotainment i think we've covered that we're, yeah. we're down that bridge that's true, we but, know but that we that's have where to, we're at. we have to see this as is kind of like you know the mother source in a lot of ways of a lot of these newer conspiracy theories because of that mm-hmm. it's because creating of them conflicting reports but do they uh, people... do they mind that do they mind that i don't think they care i think no. that the I think no. those networks love it. Sure. It creates more crazy, fearful people and who are worried there's sometimes about... they even, they're like a, a snake eating its own tail. Mm-hmm. Then they'll come back and say, whoa, there's an amusing conspiracy theory on the internet. Well, where do you think that that game from? <laughs> right. You say, yeah. you know, Wolf Blitzer standing out there like a boob trying to just come up with facts that they aren't facts. So here's the rabbit mm-hmm. hole I went down and just give me a okay. couple minutes to tell you this. All right, go. I started looking into this whole Monarch thing and just wanted to see how big Monarch got. Okay. So I started okay. looking at the YouTube channels to see like who th- everyone thinks is a Monarch. And mm-hmm. if you look up uh, Project Monarch and evidence of Project Monarch right. or, or you know Operation Monarch, you'll find that people think that Johnny Depp is a part of Project Monarch. Because he has a tattoo, and they started focusing on tattoos. Oh no! And and I saw Roseanne Barr uh, in an interview with a CNN reporter was talking about how mm-hmm. MK Ultra is deep into the Hollywood elites, and mm-hmm. Roseanne Barr was completely just unabashedly supportive of MK Ultra on national television, and talking about how all of Hollywood is filled with. Uh, this MK Ultra people who are there to do their one thing. So uh, if by that you mean Scientologist. The tattoo okay, that, uh, <laughs> and I love Johnny Depp. The tattoo that he had was of a sparrow, uh, which is a bird, which somehow mm. connects him to Project Bluebird, and somehow connects him to the oh, MK. I mean, it's yeah. just that that wouldn't be. Oh, it's, 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 and it's, it's said not Jack. As, it's it said not, Jack underneath it, so, so it's Jack Sparrow. It, but it, that's just coincidence oh. that it's similar to his pirate <laughs> character. Yeah, exactly. It's a classic. Yeah. It's a classic trope uh-huh. of conspiracy theory that it's coincidental in nature. But any woman nice. who has a tattoo of a butterfly, and come on, come on, women in Hollywood with tattoos of butterfly, yeah. they're all part of Project Monarch then. Yeah. You yeah. know, even that girl in Under the Dome must be yeah. <laughs> yeah. Project Monarch. You've got, a, you've got a butterfly as a tramp yeah. stamp. Then, so yeah. then, then well, I started shoot, going, what do they say about Iron Butterfly? Oh, in a Something very. Wow. Now, yeah. did you guys know the story behind that? That it was oh, supposed yeah. to be in the, the Garden, Garden of, of Eden. Eden. Yeah, yeah. And did you also know that they were all like extremely loaded when they did that take? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I mean, and you can you can pick that out because like when they, it starts out like really good. 
Yeah. And then he gets to this drum solo that just goes on. And these guys are obviously like nodding off somewhere. And they were like, oh, shit, yeah. All of a sudden, dun, dun, dun. dun, dun. But I love that song. Guys, guys, oh, yeah. Just, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Show must go on. Yeah. I used to go, oh, my God, I love pizza, baby. <laughs> yeah. You know I do. <laughs> There's a bathroom down on the right. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me while I kiss this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the, the all-time favorite by Stephen Wood, Rake Me a Pile of Love. Rake <laughs> me. <laughs> oh my God. So I got to say, the rabbit hole I went down. Dude, I wasn't even down the rabbit hole yet. People, we're going down. We're going through the looking glass on this one. Black is white and white is black. So here I am. I'm watching people talk about who's a monarch and who's not. And then they were zooming in on a reporter on CNN. And they were watching for frame flickers. And then the next one I saw was a guy who noticed that I think Piers Morgan or someone turned into a lizard person. And then I was there. I had achieved lizard person status. Wow. I was like. You traced it back. Yeah, we're we're back at David Land. We're right <laughs> there, and so yeah, they which were, is where we all they were looking be. at the yeah. corruption of the digital frame, and it was unmasking that that person was actually a lizard person who had lost his ability to mask himself. And I said, you know what, Victor, you're done. <laughs> this is <Yeah>. game <laughs> over, man. Game over. <laughs> so then I quit because that dun, was enough rabbit dun, hole. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, if we're going to go down that one with Hollywood, I think we have to bring up. Randy Quaid and the Star Whackers. The Star Whackers? Yes. And it wasn't Randy Quaid who brought the virus to the Independence Day ship. It was Jeff. That's right. Foxworthy. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to give you enough. No, Randy there. Quaid, he was in a movie about Martians. It was really low budget. They're all just a bunch of people in green paint. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know the one you mean. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, okay. Here's here's the conspiracy. Huh. I have it on laser disc. And this, no, what the, one was that? I don't know. Randy Quaid. It's really old. It's yeah. really low Look, budget. The brain man. banks aren't working really All right, hard tonight. Fine. So. Actually, yeah, you know, you really got to unwind before you do these. <laughs> yeah. So this is a hey. Co- speaking of truth serum, go. What about alcohol? Yeah, a little bit. It's a bullshit serum. Well, you want you want to make yeah. someone compliant, not necessarily like belligerent, then talkative, then like crying. Yeah, <laughs> that's true too. <laughs> Look who's not crying, just like a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry I interrupted. Yeah, way to go. You, you were asked, talking about you asked for that. Randy Quaid and Martians. I think, or the Star Whackers. Star Whackers. So, yeah, there you go. The Hollywood Star Whackers are dangerous killers at the center of Hollywood's most evil conspiracy, at least according to Randy Quaid. The Golden Globe winning uh, actor and his wife, Evie, claim there's an evil organization out to murder Hollywood stars. Quaid claims the Whackers knocked off Michael Jackson, David Carradine. Oh, really? You know, just, he was found <laughs> yeah. like naked. <laughs> Hanging in a closet we call in that Bangkok. Autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, look, man. Hey, he died as he lived. <laughs> I can't I can't look at Kung Fu reruns the same no. way now. Yeah. Boo, boo, boo. <laughs> Grasshopper. <laughs> Make sure you have a safe word. I would like to. <laughs> <laughs> Afghanistan banana stand. It's starting to hurt. <laughs> Uh, Heath Ledger and Chris Penn. Oh, Chris Penn. I Dude, mean, is really? that Martians Go Home? Was that the movie you were talking about? Martians Go Home? I think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. Got it. <laughs> um, they framed Mel Gibson and Robert Blake, and they might be after Britney Spears and Lindsay Lohan. 
So is the main thing they get them like all screwed up on drugs first? Is that the? Well, that would be the mo of Project Monarch. Well, actually, okay. that that ties into the Disney conspiracy. And there is okay. one. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. part of Project Monarch as well. The yes. whole Disney conspiracy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, so it, it's like a catch-all, and it's sad. It is a catch-all. I mean, it's it's like a miscellaneous junk drawer where you can throw in any tidbit you want, pull it all out. I mean, it honestly looks like Fox, Fox Mulder's office. You know, his wall oh, just yeah. had, like, all these clippings <laughs> and shit, you know, and, and there's all the little red yarn going from this one to that one, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah. You should just say, I'm mm-hmm. going to believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm believing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I still like the fact that Obama's dog's called Sunni. That's just fucking fries me. Sunni. I mean, what if the guy just, you know, I, honestly, well, come I on. Wish... Who would have thought Sunny would have been a problem? I know. I'm naming you Sunny. You know, yeah. I'm not like I'm naming you shithead. You know? Right. That would have been a good name. But... <laughs> well, and here, shithead. I, you know, honestly, I wish someday he would just wake up and go, you know what? Today, I'm just going to do the fuck you dance. Yeah. I, and I'm just going to say, you know what? You're right. I am a yeah. Muslim. Yep. You know, just, to, oh, my God. Fox, their heads would just explode. Pull out a little prayer yeah. rug and yeah. <laughs> kneel on it. <laughs> just, just as someone from Fox was coming in to interview him and just, you know, be, oh, oh. oh I'm getting up now and get up from the prayer rug. <laughs> Or better yet, just, you know, because they always have these kind of empty rooms and everything. It's just, you know, have Wolf Blitzer or somebody in and then just have like a prayer rug in the Koran sitting just sort of off to the corner. Yeah. And then, you know, somebody would be looking like, look at this. Look at frame 37. That's clearly the Koran. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, <laughs> Quaid. Uh, obviously, as, as you know, has uh, him and his wife have had to avoid several serious legal charges because they've been, you know, squatting in people's homes and burglarizing and so forth. So he he ran off to Canada. He has uh, applied for uh, permanent residency, but you know, Canada is really not up for uh, Randy Quaid, so it's been taking a while. Oh, uh, yeah, that's hard. Jeez, huh. yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, and of course there was the famous one with Errol Flynn was a Nazi spy and everything. And it's like, no, Errol Flynn was a huge drunk. <laughs> so <laughs> if by Nazi spy, you mean Mel Gibson type. Well, see, the thing about, the thing about Mel Gibson is, is that he's been the center of a lot of these conspiracies, too, because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, his dad is one of these complete Holocaust deniers. Come on. I, I almost think that Mel has come a long ways from his dad. You know what I mean? Like, well, hmm. maybe not as far as we would yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> trying to cut him a break. You know, I'm saying the apple is maybe just at the base of the root. So catch me up. Mel's dad. What is he only famous because he's Mel Gibson's dad or did yes. he like do something before? No, Mel, I mean, was... Mel's dad belongs to this. Well, you know, to this. um not recognized fragment of the Catholic Church, which is, you know, like doesn't recognize Vatican II, you know, and is is very, very, you know, like, oh, there were, they're like... Vatican II, electric boogaloo? Exactly. <laughs> That's where breakdancing first started. <laughs> hey, how about that Pope Francis, though? Did you, yeah. did you see he did, a, he did an article in, the, in that Jesuit magazine? Mm-hmm. He just laid it all out. Mm-hmm. and said, hey, what's with all this uh, frippery? He's starting to piss me off. Yeah. Because he's just going to start filling the roles. People are just going to start signing up for that Catholicism. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I 
No. There'd have to be at least a couple more before I started to think, yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe they turned a corner. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I, I do think they've turned a corner. At least he is taking them around a corner. I feel like he's dragging them around a corner. I don't know if you oh, saw the some Col- of them, yeah. Kicking and screaming. I don't know if you saw the Colbert Report last night, but they actually had the guy who uh, who works on that magazine. It's called America, and mm-hmm. it's you know by the Jesuits, and, and he's obviously a Jesuit, and... Um, is that the same episode they had Metallica on? Yes. Yeah, okay. And uh, he's so the Pope drives his own personal car is a 1984 Renault. Mm-hmm. And some, <laughs> some uh, um, like, I don't know, Top Gear, someone said, yeah, you really have to be, you know, believe in the power of prayer if you drive an 84 Renault. Oh, yeah. I mean. You can just imagine, like, double clutch and just drive I around. haven't seen a Renault in, you know, Wisconsin since oh, maybe 1985. That's 80, like... Um, or n- 1995, I'd say, maybe what, 93 or so. What were those? Oh, Yugo. They're like Yugos. Like Yugo. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, you're not going to see one of those. There <laughs> used to be a lot of Yugos in Wisconsin. They yes. are all gone. They are because, gone. They I evaporated. Mean, they do not survive. No. They cannot survive the winters. No, they cannot. Isn't that what Michael yeah. Sarah drove in Nicanora's Infinite Playlist? Wasn't it like a Yugo that he drove around? <laughs> And everyone mistook it for a taxi. Yeah, but uh, back in the <laughs> not, a bad, not a terrible movie. Back in the eighties, when I was in college, uh, I'd go out drinking with these guys, and they had a uh, you know you have different traditions when you go out drinking. Sure, sure. And, and their tradition was after a night of drinking, piling to the Yugo. No, we would all <laughs> find a Yugo and physically move it. <laughs> <laughs> we all grab that, like cow tipping. Yeah, we just grab a corner of the bumper and carry it somewhere. The cutting edge of Serbo Croatian auto technology. Yeah. You mock my Serbian car. Oh God. <laughs> so if any anybody other Yugo moved in the nineteen eighties, sorry. <laughs> um I I don't know if you guys ever heard this one. Uh Snow White is actually about cocaine. Okay. I always wondered why her hair oh. was black as snow. So, I mean, so we mentioned before that MK Ultra, Walt Disney, there's many, many conspiracies. Oh, yeah. We were the first ones to bring you, though, the Tarpina story. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's not a conspiracy. That's No, true. that is true. Uh, the Walt Disney Company, uh, you know, because the conspiracy theories is mainly about sexualizing children, which I think is just they've got like really sleazy people mm-hmm. working in the Disney child factory mill because yeah they they are like uh, you know Christine Aguilera Britney Spears um uh Lindsay Lohan was Lindsay Lohan was she a musketeer mm-hmm. you know they, they all start out mm-hmm. as these cute little girls and all of a sudden they become these you know big uber drug slots and mm-hmm. you know whatever you yep. that 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 uh that Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs was was a timeless classic was really about cocaine and the biggest piece of evidence for the, supporting this theory is the character's name Snow White is a slang for cocaine and the dwarfs name supposedly represent the different stages of addiction but wouldn't Snow White be what is doc a nickname for cocaine <laughs> like you need a doctor that, well, that's where you get it from oh there you go but but uh, wouldn't Snow White be the name after the movie like hadn't the movie come out and then Snow White became a term for cocaine later yeah what came I, first yeah. I would guess that that I'm sure. is the order. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So no. This 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 <laughs> one was just silly. Time check. Maybe references. his animators were doped up. I mean, oh, that's uh, possible. Yeah, yeah. Definitely possible. I mean, why not? I mean, mm-hmm. who wouldn't be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and of course, you know, Bruce Lee and Brandon Lee were murdered. You know. Right. But I mean, they just both had very young, untimely deaths. Yeah. Really. Very. Yeah. Untimely. Now, was Hannah Montana a uh, Disney? Yes. Disney TV show? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That just 
adds into the theory there. Oh, totally. I mean, but but you can understand why that is, and I totally understand why someone like you know what is her real name? Miley, <laughs> Miley Cyrus. Cyrus. Uh, I, I can totally understand why Miley Cyrus would be acting out and doing completely provocative shit because she wants to just put that episode behind her and start moving forward and be provocative and annoying like Madonna was, like Lady Gaga was, like people generally are when they're yeah. 20 or whatever and surrounded by yeah. handlers and trying to like do an image reboot where she becomes seductive and scary and offensive and edgy instead of being a fucking child star. And I, I understand why yeah. most of the child stars would do that anyway. It's almost a surprise when they turn out to be level-headed and normal, <laughs> you know, rather yeah. than you know, going through that complete Madonna-ization. Yeah, Cher had some recent comments about that. She was asked what she thought, and she didn't really mind the dress. I mean, she wouldn't even care if she came out naked, but it was just she wished she was, you know, more talented and the music was better. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, I'll give Cher that one. Yeah. That's awesome. If it was a better song, maybe it would have gone over a little better. Yeah. Nice. Oh, you know, getting back to the 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 Project Monarch too. There's the one about it that you know the tie-in with Labyrinth. Mm -hmm. That um, it follows a young girl named Sarah, played by little Jennifer Connelly. Oh, I know. Who navigates through a dangerous <laughs> labyrinth in order to rescue her baby brother from the clutches of Jareth, the Goblin King, played by David Bowie. <laughs> According to conspiracy theorists, Sarah Kidnap's brother represents her core persona, which is controlled by her handler. Her quest through the labyrinth thus symbolizes her programming along the way. So this is all part of, you know, and it's like, oh, my God, you're reaching on that one. That movie yeah. is just hard to watch. I mean, you, you could watch any movie. You could watch Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, and come up with some kind of a deep you know, That's true. conspiracy theory for why. Uh, one of the favorites I have in here, though, is that there are hidden Illuminati messages or uh, in uh, Mel Gibson's The Patriot. You know, oh. that it's a right-wing warning. It's like, oh, yeah, if you try to take away our guns, you know, we're going to have this guerrilla war. That movie had Heath Ledger in it, too. And it did. Yeah. Mel and Heath. Hmm. Coincidence? Are we, we starting another not. conspiracy theory Probably. right there? Oh, maybe. <laughs> I like Heath. It's just too bad what happened to him. But well, was it an accident? That's the... well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got a little. <laughs> or was it Project Monarch? Or the Shining is about the Apollo Eleven moon landings. The Shining? That yeah. you mean the one in the in the snow and the yep. yeah. It's about it's the Shining is a lot more than uh than just about a guy with bad parenting skills. Some claim it's really about the Holocaust, while others say that Jack Torrance, Jack Nicholson, is really a minotaur. <laughs> However, the craziest theory comes from the mind of Jack Widener. According to Mr. Widener, the Shining is really about how Stanley Kubrick faked the Apollo moon landings. It's a conspiracy theory mm. about a conspiracy Kubrick theory. Kubrick faked it? Yeah. The story goes the American government asked Kubrick to fake the, the Apollo of moon landings in order to intimidate the Soviet Union. After filming Neil Armstrong moonwalk across the Hollywood set, Kubrick realized he'd become an expendable accessory and was now in danger. So to protect himself and his family, he filled The Shining with clues about the conspiracy. For example, Jack Torrance agrees to watch over the Overlook Hotel during the winter, just like Kubrick agreed to help America during the Cold War. Wow. Whoa. There's a stretch. Wow. Wow. Uh, the Shining is based on a Stephen King novel. In King's book, The Infamous Haunted Room is is number 217. However, in the film, it's room 237. Why did Kubrick change the number? Because a dif distance from the Earth to the moon is 237,000 miles. 
<laughs> okay. The distance is actually 238.857, but we're rounding down here for some reason. <laughs> Wenner also claims that the creepy guy in a bear suit, it's actually a dog, represents Soviet Russia, and he notes that Danny Torrance is wearing an Apollo 11 sweater. Finally, the phrase, all work and no play makes jello Jack a dull boy is really a code. The word all is really A11, which is short for Apollo 11. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Room 237 is a documentary uh, I'd like to see about conspiracy theories surrounding The Shining. And yes. I have not yet seen wow. it. I've, I've been reading about yeah. that. That looks really yeah, it awesome. It looks really yeah. fascinating, and I, I hope to check it out. Um, yeah. All right, I got one I want to throw down. Okay. So I wanted to throw one out there that doesn't quite fit our usual categorization of conspiracy theory. And this is where I think it might get controversial and people might get annoyed with me. So I'm going to say that fear of genetically modified food is a conspiracy theory. And the reason I say that, and and let me just double back a couple times here and say to everybody, uh, I'm not crazy. (laughs) And I actually love good locally produced food. I'm a locavore. I like to eat food that's, you know, produced in madison or in the area i like to eat healthy food i actually yeah. eat organic food um throw money to the, to the local into the producers. local economy into local mm-hmm. you know food and everything but what i'd like to say is that i don't do it because i'm scared that genetically modified food is going to kill me or make me ill or make me impotent or make me sterile or all these other things sure, that sure. people are you know franken food it's they're, they're mixing fish with tomatoes and it's bovine kill me. growth hormone and, <laughs> yeah bovine yeah. growth hormone i'm not afraid of that so what i wanted to say is that there's this thing that happens with health issues where people are concerned about it, it, the same thing happened with climate science and with global warming where right. um there's this giant backlash against it because of you know fear that it was something that was going to um, you know, cause them pain or was fake or something. So right. <sighs> I'm nervous about this one because I have a lot of friends like in my Facebook feed who are constantly throwing like these balls of fire at me mm-hmm. about how Monsanto is the most evil thing in the world and genetically modified mm-hmm. food is going to kill you and vote no on this and all that. And I just want to say that I'm open to other opinions and I don't, discredit you and i'm not saying you're wrong right. i'm saying email mm. us at feedback at tankriot.com if you disagree with me right. but i'm also saying hear me out <laughs> well i i think i think that 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 bears going into victor in that we're not saying that yes these large companies that you know do this genetic work and anything that goes into the food chain should always be very tested and verified for its you know purity of content but and that yes they do bear watching and regulation mm-hmm. however yeah so there there is a lot of watching and regulation and there's a lot of different angles that i i have a feeling i'm going to get a lot of emails about this one so i want to i yeah. want to a lot uh, of but 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 but, but, but uh, so <laughs> i want to address them as quickly as i can on a couple different angles and and the first angle i want to take on is has there been any proof that genetically modified foods themselves are damaging to human human bodies mm-hmm. or humankind and People are going to say, well, it hasn't been proven because it hasn't been around long enough. And what I would say to that argument is that genetically modified foods have actually been around for maybe 10,000 years. Okay, so actually we've been modifying our food. We've been modifying what grows in our soil. We've been farming. We've been hunter gatherer farmers 
for thousands of years, and we have been always choosing to plant the thing that plants and grows better and better. So we've been modifying our foods for years. So we've been we've been doing this already, and it was just in the last fifty years or so that we actually were able to work on splicing genes and actually combining plants at a level where it became more of a genetic insertion and less of a, I'm going to throw this plant with this plant and make those plants pollinate, and then I'm going to throw that plant with this plant and do these multivarietals. So what I would say is in the last 25 years, we've actually been exposed to genetically modified foods to a great, great, great degree. Mm-hmm. And every scientific study that's ever been done, I'm serious, <laughs> uh, has shown that there's no uh, harm to the human body. Right. So I've been looking at scientific literature over the last couple weeks. And honestly, I've been excited about this because I've been really reading about what we're learning about genetically modified foods. And so sure. we're talking about, you know, the, we're talking about PNAS. I'm talking about other literatures. I, yes, the FDA, the CDC, uh, all the other scientific uh, peer-reviewed literature has shown study after study, and I've looked at some of the meta-reviews of, of other studies, have shown that there is no harm to the human body from ingesting genetically modified foods. All right. Okay. I, I, I've been biting my lips trying not to talk here. But I have to tell you, I came across some evidence today that, that might make you change your mind, Victor. Okay, go ahead. I was walking in downtown Madison, <laughs> and right there on the sidewalk... Someone had written, no GMO. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's right there. And if there's yeah. anything more reliable than the internet, it's sidewalk chalk drawings. Right. You know, yeah. I, I so, have a feeling that that sidewalk chalk drawing was not peer-reviewed. Are you? But do you really? once it's a sidewalk chalk drawing, that's like proof. But I haven't seen it cited in the literature. <laughs> oh. You know, uh, Article 1, no GMO, uh, dash anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> et al. Anonymous et yeah, al. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely. But I haven't seen that one. Um so 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 really my main point is okay, for that on that front, there was a study on mice that showed that if you injected them, you know, and uh no actually I, I don't wanna I don't wanna give credence to it, but what I'd like to say is there's a it's a study on rats, actually. It's called the if you look up the French rat study, you'll find it. Mm-hmm. But there is a study on French rats <laughs> or f- a study that happened in France on rats. And what they found is that there was uh, more tumor growth on rats who were fed this diet. But what they re- the reason that study is not citable is that it wasn't peer reviewed. And once it got into the literature, once people started talking about that study, it was quickly discredited. And so the the rats that they were using for that that uh, control part of the study um, was a strain of rat that's highly susceptible to tumor growth in the first place. So uh-huh. they were already biasing their study in a way that was completely unable to be peer reviewed. It was it was such poor science. But I want to point that out as a way of pointing out that there's a type of research that happens which creates this um, single-study syndrome, which generally happens in people who are propagandizers, people who believe in a conspiracy theory and want to only push that conspiracy theory forward, and they don't want to take into account the full breadth of the scientific literature. So when you have a single-study silo happening, the single-study syndrome, you 
will find people who only cite the rat study. Oh, the rat study showed this. The rat study showed that. The rat study showed that. Well, you have yeah. one study that's poorly done and has been discredited, but then you have multiple other studies that are showing that that study, you know, whatever. So I want to mm-hmm. point that out to anyone who might write me about the rat study. Please don't. Please rather read about the rat study and figure out why that's been discredited yeah. before you actually write me about the rat study. And then find another a peer-reviewed study right. that makes your point. Yeah, go to PNAS. PNAS. Proceedings of the National <laughs> Academy of Sciences. Um, but there's a lot of other... There's a lot of other... I love PNAS. I just love saying it. But there's a lot of other uh, great journals out there that you can uh, look into JAMA. You can go to other, other uh, literature and read about this. I'm nervous about this because I have friends, I have family members who would just never talk to me again if they heard that I was, you know, pro-Monsanto. Yeah. And what I really want to say is yeah. I'm not pro Monsanto. No, you're just skeptical that it's as bad as Well, no, no, yeah. I'm actually pro the truth and I'm pro digging into the truth of the situation. So let's grab another angle of this and let's take the mm-hmm. Monsanto angle first. So Monsanto is a great multinational corporation and we should be leery about how multinational sure. corporations behave and they have these agendas profit that are motive. profit motive driven. Yeah. And mm-hmm. what I also want to say is that they aren't pro-killing people, and they aren't pro-making people sterile. And if they were developing something that would make everybody sterile, we'd all know about it immediately, and it would be, you know, unable to ship. But one of the major things that we don't have a problem with in America that we actually have a problem with in other parts of the world is actual starvation. And it's not just starvation. It's sometimes um, vitamin deficiency starvation. So mm-hmm. you have some people who need to get vitamin A in their diet, but they've got no way to get that in their diet. And there have been some genetically modified foods like golden rice where you're able to combine rice in such a way that you get a vitamin A boost, mm-hmm. which could add a vitamin that would stop children from starving to death. Right. But there's yeah. this backlash against splicing genes versus you know, making plants fight it out and pollinate together and naturally. It's kind of like the Amish, where the Amish stopped at the horse and buggy. You've got a certain part of the population that said, no, 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 we must stop at 1950 and no longer use science to right. move our farming forward. We mm-hmm. must stop at 1950 because that's appropriate. <laughs> you're, you're, you're melding your distrust of a large corporation, multinational corporation, with a fear of science. Yes. Essentially, yeah. it's really what it comes down right. to. And I mean, it's like with the Amish and this this whole you know dickwad thing about selling raw milk and everything. I mean, that just. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Louis Pasteur, what a fucking idiot, <laughs> what a douchebag, yeah, what a dick. <laughs> Who needs pasteurization? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, the raw milk and and in Madison, we are Madison is one of these. Uh, I think a very left wing. It's like a mini San Francisco, and yeah. I love it. I live in it. I enjoy it, but but I don't agree with the raw milk thing you don't no. need raw milk no and, and that's the <laughs> and, point. and you're just endangering yourself natural doesn't necessarily mean good i, I mean i think i think the the, the point in the yeah. here this is that we're we're there's a lot of right-wing conspiracies about trying to take away our guns and our jobs <laughs> and taxes but <laughs> there are left-wing conspiracies too and this and this is one of them where mm. it's like oh it's yeah it and it does breed this this uh this fear of science, you know, that, that oh, well, yeah, yeah. Th- this couldn't possibly keep kids from starving to death or grow up straight as opposed to hunched over and, you know, bloated bellies. And, 
everything else. Oh no, that that that's just wrong. And the arguments going like you know crazy after Monsanto for GMOs or whatever can distract from uh, more subtle issues that you can argue against the commercial farming uh, methodologies. You know, I think a lot of the reason we they have these GMOs it's so it makes the uh, the yields greater in the fields, so it makes the the vegetables easier to transport. Mm-hmm. It it just helps to automate the whole process better. Right. So, and and you could argue that you, you know yeah okay that makes good business sense, but maybe but your argument would be that no, I want food that's grown to taste better, and I think you right. would have a lot of you know organic farmers claim that their vegetables taste better than the well uh, and they're probably right the original carrot the, the original yeah. carrot was white but but let's just say <laughs> organic foods yeah, it's true if you look yeah. at organic foods versus the high yield as you say the high yield foods there was a study on strawberries that i read about and the organic mm-hmm. strawberries actually had fewer vitamins in them than the high yield strawberries and it's obvious because the high yield strawberry was going to produce more and larger fruit Whereas the organic strawberry yeah. was going to produce smaller fruit, which was going to give you a lower vitamin uh, content. So organic does not even mean necessarily more healthy. And, and that's a common misconception that organic means that it's going to have more nutritious content to it. It's actually right. often and it can scientifically proven to be right. often fewer. And you have to look at the different plant that you're – You know, I'm mm-hmm. not going to say across the board organic is less healthy – I'm totally not saying that. I'm just saying that in some studies on certain things, you'll find that the yield is lower. And honestly, I'm okay with low yield. But here's one thing I'll point out right away. Organic versus, you know, Monsanto. Let's uh, let's say that some of the corn issues like um, uh, Roundup Ready or uh, anti – Roundup Ready corn. It allows Mm -hmm. you to grow more corn, higher yield with – the use of fewer pesticides because right. the corn itself creates its own natural type of protection against um, insects. Insects, yeah, and it, and right. so therefore you get a little more use of Roundup or uh, right. the glyphosates that are going to or, um, or pesticides or herbicides that are much more toxic than Roundup. Well, well, pesticides uh, are yeah, pesticides are much more toxic than herbicides. And so what's right, happening depends on is, the chemical, but yeah. Well, actually, in when you have gen- Roundup, we're comparing Roundup Ready uh, against yeah. the, the pesticides. So if you look at 1950s technology and the use of pesticides to control things versus Roundup Ready corn yeah. and the use of herbicides to just fight the herb, you know, the, yeah. to fight the weeds, you're using far less chemicals than you are when you're using, you know, the what, what's called organic, which uses a lot more pesticides. So well, you're throwing a lot more chemicals on. Well, I think, I think what, what does organic use that would be considered a pesticide? I mean, cause it doesn't, yeah, they have to use pesticides. I thought wouldn't, if the use of pesticides disqualified as an organic crop, no, it, isn't that the point? And, and that's the thing about the labeling is that organic growers use crop rotation. They try to use fewer pesticides or non-traditional pesticides, natural methods versus, uh, regular uh, pesticides that would be used, and there are there are inspectors that get the certification, so they're they are certified, and they're trying to reduce the chemicals they're putting in. But organic doesn't necessarily mean that you're not using pesticides, right? And and I think also too <laughs> that there's a distinction that we're not wow. making. I know, I know. Just wrap your head around. I mean, I've spent yeah. I've I spent 
literally weeks reading about this before I even felt like I wanted to say what my current opinion Mm -hmm. is subject to change. You know, my opinion Mm -hmm. is subject to change. But it took me a while to even feel comfortable talking about but then GM. You, I think you also there's there's you know to me the 800 pound gorilla in the middle of the room with genetically modified foods versus organic is is that I think there's a perception that organic is somehow purer and somehow better for you than so-called genetic, genetically modified foods. However. Not everybody on the planet has the luxury of spending that little bit of extra money to buy organic as opposed mm-hmm. to whatever. And so if if you're talking about something that genetically stacks more nutrition into the same food stuff and can feed more people and you know re, you know safely then I don't, I don't, I don't see what the problem with that would be. In other words, I, I think there's sort of a class distinction with organic food as there opposed is. to genetically modified food, which is meant to 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 feed yeah whole populations as opposed to organic food, which is just like oh, I'm going to my high local high V or I'm going to my local farmers market and I'm going to spend a little bit more to get these heirloom tomatoes or something. Well, I mean, and, and I'm not trying to make fun of that. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm simply trying to say that there is kind of an implicit class distinction there. Yeah. That yep. I, yeah, couldn't you make food more nutritious? Can't you make it you know better for you? I mean, couldn't it be? Yeah. So let so let me jump in. Um, I, I like to go to my local farmers market because I like to support my local farmers. I like to give yeah. them money for producing food too. that I and I could care less how they produce it. I mean, I rinse it in my sink and I eat it. You know, yeah. I will organic, not organic. It doesn't fucking matter to me. But but if it really matters to you. If we were to produce, I, I read a study. If we were to produce all of our current yield, you know, for the for the world uh, organically, if we were all convert everything to organic, which is non-GMO foods, we would need three more South Americas total in hectare land space, yeah, to to provide enough food exactly. for the entire world at our current population level. Mm-hmm. And our current population level is not stable. Our population level is going up. So the one other thing I'd point out about that idea is, yes, if you can eat organic, go ahead and eat organic. You're not saving the world. You're not saving anything. Right. You're just using a little more land yeah. to eat food. And that I mean, if you can grow it in your label. own garden, more power to you. Right. Yeah, well, that's, and that's, and that's yeah. what you're growing in your garden is probably Monsanto anyway. And, and the whole idea of yeah. Monsanto creating Terminator corn, it's not really – it's not true. There's no such thing as Terminator corn. It was never developed. But – you have to buy your seeds. Most farmers sign a contract, not just with Monsanto, but with any seed company that you're not going to replant the seeds. You sign right. a contract as a farmer that you're not going to do that. And then Monsanto is not the only game in town. You can buy seeds from whoever you want. That's right. But Monsanto does sell GM uh, seeds and you buy them and you plant them. And the other myth about so you, Monsanto yeah, is that they're cannot... suing people left and right. And that's not the truth no. either. Mm-hmm. So, I mean – there's a lot of lies. There's a lot of mistrust out there. There's a lot of f- really bad documentaries out there that yeah. are just propaganda films yes. that that embarrass me and make me upset. Many be- of you you can stream through Netflix. Oh, you can stream a lot of them. <laughs> Look up GMO on Netflix. You'd be surprised at, oh at the God. filth that's they out there. They just pop up. It scares me that that there's yeah. that much fear out there. So the one the one thing I wanted to say about this whole thing, I want to say a lot about this. I actually do, but we'll cut it short for time. Norman Borlaug. Mm-hmm. Uh, B-O-R-L-A-U-G. Look up Norman Borlaug. He was a pioneer of 
some of he he's a pioneer of the green revolution and what he did was he he strained a lot of uh different strains of corn and he he managed to to bind certain types of corn that would grow well in different areas and he figured out what would grow well in Mexico and what would grow well in India and he's well known as a guy who saved billions of lives and he's won a Nobel prize for it so what he really did was create high efficiency yield corns and foods that could be grown by people all around the world years ago and and he was scoffed at by these people who are so against GM foods and he said you know that's just the price of doing business I don't even care they are ignorant and they don't understand the needs of this world now have you seen I think it's a documentary called yeah. King Corn yes I've I've mm, seen that no. and there was a guy in that that sounds like he was involved in the, the probably type, Norman Borlaug it, it might have been him he I don't died remember in 2009 I think yeah, so he's, he was pretty old in this oh, movie, yeah. but I think this movie was probably made before then. And uh, so, yeah, it very well may be him. And, and that was a – I saw that movie, and that's a point I wanted to bring up. What you just said is that, um, yeah, all the this efficiencies has fed a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And it also – it makes the food cheaper. So it has boosted our economy by lowering our costs. And I know to our listeners who probably, you know, remember our Rachel Carson podcast. Yeah, we love Rachel Carson. I'm a huge so it's, environmentalist. So it's not like we're going back on that <laughs> no. in any yeah. way, shape, or form. It, we're just simply saying that, look, again, these conspiracy theories, theories, again, big air quotes, <laughs> is it's it's very anti-scientific in many ways. It It draws upon a fear of... It's a fear of science. It's a fear of science and rational thought. And and truly what this is what these conspiracies come down to is that that you are just now I mean we're putting them out there because we think it's fun and you can just have fun with it or whatever. Please let us know what you think either way at feedback at tankriot.com but the point is still the same. Fear of science, whether it's from the left or from the right, and science is not always correct. I mean science is definitely the scientific community has not been self-correcting. Well, and I got to say, Monsanto <laughs> well, hasn't done itself any favors because they're not out there promoting what they do, mm -mm. you know, what they do well. And I, I actually knew a guy. Uh, maybe which, which is funny when you stop to think ago. of it, because I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, Victor, but uh, what I always find amusing is uh, and you're correct in that Monsanto doesn't do anything to change its image. But some of these other companies that have really dark histories, like oh, yeah. uh, British Petroleum. Oh, my God. I don't know how many of these commercials you've seen. Where We're not it's the like, people that make hey. the TV, but we make the plastic that goes on the cord that goes on your TV. No, that's, yeah. no, that's, I'm talking about British Petroleum, oh. where they're essentially saying, you watch their commercials, and it's always like, yeah, I guess we kind of fucked up, but... You know, we've really brought a lot to the coast, and um, <laughs> in many ways, I think there was a huge silver lining in there, and I think we're all the better for it. You know, lessons learned. <laughs> you know, I mean, I watched these commercials. Just and felt I felt like I was watching I, Trailer Park Boys. I there. wanted to just strangle the son of a the cynical son of a bitch who put these things together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, talk about a Tate and Stevens kind of marketing, <laughs> and then 
uh, Dow, Dow Chemical. Oh, yeah. Well, Dow Chemical is the ones who say the, well, we made the plastic that yeah. went on the shielding of the cable. You also the made Agent Orange. I know. You yeah. sons hey, yeah, of forget bitches. about Agent Orange. Uh. You the guys that also did midnight <laughs> dumping. And you got the balls to come back and say, you know, life itself would be impossible without chemicals, uh, especially dioxins and uh, other heavy metals and shit. You know, uh... All we're saying is, hey, hey, give yeah. chemicals a chance. <laughs> so, yeah, they're not going down that route, which I, I will – I question it in some ways. But on the other hand, I applaud it in others simply because, yeah, Dow and BP, God, you know, you, you probably are going – you probably have changed people's minds because, quite honestly – the American memory is so short term. Yeah. It's like we're a nation of head wound victims. I got to say, though, sometimes yeah. I'm giddy when I learn things. Like when I find out – like when I started reading about GM foods, I was skeptical about – because I thought, you know, there's got to be some evil here. And it, yeah. and I, I swear for like five years, I was on board with the Frankenfish people. I was like, this this is oh, crazy yeah. stuff. Sure. But, but then when I started mm-hmm. to learn, that's when I got happy. I got giddy because I was like – Oh my God, I was wrong. And that always makes me happy to find out that I've learned something mm-hmm. that I once believe is no longer right. Yeah. And I need to adjust. I'm not frustrated by it. I'm actually encouraged well, that I figured something point. out. <laughs> Test your theories. Yeah. You know, that's the whole point. Is like you, but, if you're sure something is <laughs> yeah, some, exactly. a particular way, like think a monarch, about it again. you have come out like of a your monarch. Yes. I'm have out gone of my through cocoon. a metamorphosis. And I'm getting a tattoo <laughs> right yeah. above my I, ass. I have a tattoo uh, of a monarch. Actually, I have one right now. But, but what I'd point out, <laughs> what I would point out is that, um, I forget. Uh, <laughs> I'm not set in my ways, and if you have an idea that you think I'm wrong about parts of this, and there's parts of this I haven't even discussed or, or talked about, but I have read about that makes me think that there is no underlying real issue with this, email us at feedback at takeright.com. I'd love to hear it, but I want you to investigate it first before you email me because – I want to. I want you to look for logical fallacies in your argument. Because, Don't just blow back yeah. and say, "Oh, we're going <clears> to <throat> argue with you." Don't and, go to. Yeah. I, I mean, I like Michael Pollan. I mean, I like his books. He's sometimes he's sometimes against, and, and aren't we all against corporations? And he doesn't. He wants to, you know, push back a little bit against that kind of stuff. But but I want you to find real sources, not straw men. I want you to avoid ro- logical fallacies and. I want you to come back with a real argument or a real strong literature citing that actually makes sense and is in a peer-reviewed journal that I could digest in a way that that I might doubt what I've already learned, but I doubt that. And and let me point out already, there's a lot of research being looked into. I'll give you a little a teaser hint. There's a lot of research being looked into in uh, allergenicity and how people might be more allergic to GM foods or things like that. And and that's already panning out to be not the case. And there's a lot of testing in labs. Uh, I won't I won't get into it, but there's a lot of different tests that they do in the labs that look for that kind of thing that the FDA is trying to watch for. Because God, we don't want people like uh, <laughs> splicing a peanut, you know, genome yeah, onto right. the corn, and then all of a sudden people with peanut that, allergies. That's the are... fear mongering that I've right. heard about. And and then there's also thing, yeah. another one I want to uh, softball to you before you email me is uh, monoculture uh, <laughs> because. Uh, the oh, it's a monoculture. Yeah. If you create a monoculture, then the whole world's gonna blow up because monoculture, monoculture. Yeah. Did I say monoculture? Okay, your yeah. lawn is a monoculture. Okay, every farm is a monoculture, and if it's not a GM farm, uh, genetically modified farm, it's a regular farm, and if it's a regular farm, 
it's still a monoculture, but they use a lot more pesticides. So monoculture is not an argument unless you have some kind of scientific literature that's going to back up your argument about the well, monoculture it, it always comes down to like this fear of like some sort of uh forced stalinist collective right, farm right. you know and it's like no it's yes you can put efficiencies into feeding people and having good nutritious food right. mm-hmm. oh you know that's let me point. just tell you uh, it used to be when i was a kid technology was something you looked forward to as a possible solution yeah. or several solutions to current problems but now guys, it's I'm not pointing fear. I'm not pointing this out in a vacuum. People who eat organic food are generally like myself uh privileged and probably white and probably living in America and you know yeah. and and part of me has stopped encouraging my family to buy organic food because you know I don't want to spend the extra money on something that I don't see the value out of and there are people literally starving and vitamin A deficient in the Philippines and in India yeah. and all over Africa. And the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, God bless Bill Gates' soul, yeah. is moving forward. Yes, I said it. I'm an Apple no, fan. He's a, he's Bill a, Gates he's is He's a very awesome good philanthropist, dude. I and have to say. He is moving forward on some GM foods that are going to try to get in the hands of Africa, but... GM foods are banned all over Europe. They're banned in some places in Africa. When we tried to bring GM foods into, I believe, Kenya, uh, it was, they denied them. And they let people starve to death because they were scared. You know what's not banned in Africa? Civil war. Yeah. Arms trading. Armed murder and um, rape of people. <laughs> rape of people. Yeah. That's okay. Poaching. But GM foods. <laughs> fuck that. I mean, oh, yeah. I, mean, I mean, fuck everybody yeah. and fuck the GM food. Warlords, yeah. child soldiers. Yeah. No, no, that shit's okay. But, but Kanye. Genetically modified foods. <laughs> oh, Kanye. Yeah. No. I'm so surprised I'm no, singing the, for a dictator. No, what is the, um, what is the guy that... Yeah. Uh, Kono, Kono, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the mm-hmm. not Kanye Kono or whatever? Yeah. Well, a while back I heard a little. You, but you know, Kanye did recently do right. a benefit concert right. for this, like J Lo did for these dictators, and I always love the spin where it's like, I had no idea this is a repressive regime, and it's like, no man, <laughs> it's just like Sun City and South, the former <laughs> South Africa. You took the fucking money and you ran. Mm-hmm. So yeah. don't come back and act like you you're like Jenny from the block or you're you know Kanye you've, you're keeping it real and yeah. you're just an artist. No, you took the fucking money and you ran. So yeah. blow me. Well, let's just hope that Bill Gates and some of these foundations can get some food into the hungry people's hands. And let's yeah. let's stop let's stop allowing the I think elitist people from stopping people from having food. Yeah. That's that's what I really want to do. Is I really uh, don't want people to starve to a death. A few years ago, I saw a little documentary. I don't remember if it was sixty minutes or something else. But they had um, this group was bringing in uh, little nutrition packets for essentially starving people, mainly children in Africa. And one of the primary ingredients was peanut butter. And you know, so the reporter asked, "Well, aren't you afraid that some kids might have peanut allergies?" And the you know doctor's response was, well, when we have you know X number of children dying every day from starvation, starvation, yeah. it really doesn't come up as an issue. Uh, is oh, the, uh, you might have hives, but you got a full stomach. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, they just don't see the peanut allergies because right. those kids probably actually died off immediately. If, and if you look up peanut allergy conspiracy as keyword search, you wouldn't believe how much you would find too. Really? As well. yeah. yeah, I mean, but some kids are allergic. To peanuts. Yes, they are, yeah. and, and yeah. it's something that's cropped up or at least i think we've become more aware of it f- fairly recently 
I mean, I, I don't yeah. I don't recall when I was a kid, you know, too many yeah. kids that had peanut allergies. But um, again, that's that's not mean to me. Like, is that oh, a conspiracy well. theory? Yeah, yeah, it does sound it does sound like it. But see, that's the kind of like yeah. pseudo fact mm-hmm. that you. No, there, I, no, I had I, read some research of uh, uh, immigrants to the United States uh, who became their children became more susceptible to peanut allergies because they had uh, there had been a draft, drastic shift in the environment. Is is the guess of the research paper that that the children of people who had lived in this very I guess mm-hmm. dusty environment came to America where things were less dusty, and then all of a sudden their children developed uh, higher levels of peanut allergy. But it's just a research paper, and, and there's people are still trying to figure it out. I mean, it's, yeah. it's I mean there does seem to be a higher level. I mean, there's cause that. and effect. There's there's reasons, and it's that that's what science is for mm-hmm. to kind of figure out what those reasons Something's are. Something's changed in the environment, and yeah, yeah, what what is happening? I think mm-hmm. God's mad at the gays. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. why it it's about, it's about the, abortion. The, the the other <laughs> issue, kind of lo- loosely relate, related to this the GMO issue, is <laughs> it kind of, nice. <laughs> kind of comes up in the, the loosely related in the same uh, loose ball anyway vein is uh, the issue of uh, patents on uh, right. plants, mm-hmm. actual biological entities, and that's I don't think we need to get into it, but I think that's something everybody needs to think about and look into. You know, do we really want to allow? A company like no. Monsanto to no. be able to patent a certain plant and have essentially a monopoly well, on that exactly. plant. It does. Yeah. It, there should be regulation. There, there, there should, always yeah. should be, you know, investigation into okay, is are there any side effects yeah. and so forth. That we're not saying that in any way, shape, but, or form. But, but don't just turn on it because it's, but, you know. Well, let me jump in because yeah. there's this whole idea of patenting. Yes, you you can patent how you create a certain chemical and. And and they have patented you know genes. They have patented uh, you know actual you know plants and that they have created in a lab. But there's yeah. evergreening, so you know the, those patents are short lived. You know, ten sure. twenty years. So you get a twenty year patent, and then they do this evergreening where and the same thing happens in pharmaceuticals where uh, well we've got fifty milligrams is the common tablet, and if you if you if your patent's about to run out. You can't just go to the 25 milligram version because that's a derivative of the of the 50 milligram. So you could just cut a pill in half. So that won't be enough. You have to do a study that says you got to do a 37.5 milligram mm-hmm. um, regimen, and that allows you to evergreen it out a little further, so you can get more out yeah. of your bang for your buck out of your patent. And they do the same thing with the with the, it's the patents they put on you know corn or whatever. But evergreening is a short window as well. So I'm not so worried about patenting. Uh, if, yeah. if Monsanto gets a patent on what they sell, I'm not that worried about it because pharmaceutical but, companies are doing the same thing. And right. it's just it's a course of how America works. But, but it's patent law is something that should be yeah, really it's looked into nece- and shut down a little bit. It's not necessarily Monsanto's fault, but patent law in general. I think whether, it's Disney's fault. Whether you're talking it is <laughs> no, software no, or plants. Yeah, no, yeah, you're talking Mickey Mouse. Yeah, Mickey Mouse. The push for patent control and for pushing patents well, that's up further more, and further that's and further. That's trademark, though, isn't it? Well, with Disney, it's really copyright, but I just think they all kind of blur together as corporations take advantage of copyrights and trademarks and patents to extend their reach and power uh, because they have lobbyists in Congress. Well, patents okay. is – there, there's always – I mean, like Tesla. Look look how Tesla struggled Didn't with, work for him. with patents mm-hmm. and so forth. I mean, that uh, the Wright brothers – Actually tried and successfully uh-huh. for for a while patented heavier than air flight. 
up until the First World War, and then everyone was saying, yeah, yeah this isn't going to work. You know, but the problem with uh, the Wright brothers is they, I think they wasted a lot of time chasing their, their patents and trying to enforce yes, them. they did. They missed opportunity to simply innovate in aviation and sell product. Right. And they missed an opportunity to be the major you know, For airplane instance, manufacturer. Well, to, to, to give an yeah. example, the, the Curtis uh, company said, well, you know, you don't have to warp the whole wing. You could just make a flap mm. and, and yeah. have the same effect. In fact, it's even better controlled. Oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. It's like, you know, so, yeah, there was, yeah. There was a lot of foolishness like that. So it's not, again, we're not talking about the science so much. We're talking about the legal... Aftermath well, and, and so Tor's forth. right. Yeah. Uh, the whole the whole Walt Disney thing is copyright, and uh, we're talking about patents. I mean, we're lucky we didn't get sued by the patent trolls that were you know suing all the other podcasts like WTF and NBC and ABC. Mm-hmm. Those people were sued by a patent troll for patent infringement on a technology that they never properly implemented, but it looked like podcasting, and then they were getting people to pay them out. For uh-huh. what, yeah. what what was essentially at the time cassette redistribution, and if you, um, I think it was in on the media, was a podcast that did an in depth uh, look at the patent troll mm-hmm. um, right. months ago, months yeah. ago, and we never got an email, and I, I was sweating bullets over that because honestly, if we would have faced a patent shutdown like that, we would have just that would have been the end of Tank Riot. Uh, just one simple patent infringement. <laughs> Jim and I think we already covered in a past yeah. podcast all the Super Bowl conspiracies for the blackout. So I, yeah. <laughs> I won't really go into that again. Uh, one thing I have to be honest with you. I, I don't know if you if you gentlemen feel strongly about this or not. But so I have several conspiracy theories here and so forth. And I got to be honest, they they really I can delve into these just so long before they really start making me sad. Like the Boston Marathon bombings. I mean, there, there are some, right. you know, the false flag oh. and it, conspiracies. Yeah, well, I mean, Prison Planet was all up in arms that the, the the Navy Yard shooter was a false flag operation. No, there's a new one with... Uh, Every print- time something happens, they're yeah. going to jump it and say it's has to be a conspiracy. Yeah. Or maybe it just happened. Maybe the guy but, just went nuts. But InfoWars, that's what he makes his bread and butter off of. Yeah, I yeah. know. And there's also a new one, uh, that, you know, sixteen almost sixteen years after Princess Diana's death, that it was uh, in fact a British sniper. A sniper? Yeah. <laughs> oh well, here the, the the whole thing is the latest claim, a newly revealed claim of conspiracy in the death of Princess Diana has royal watchers buzzing once again. But British police seem to be knocking down the claim that the British military was involved in the deaths of Diana, her boyfriend, and their driver in August '97. This is not a reinvestigation, London Metropolitan Police tersely stressed in a statement that revealed none of what it had been told. The latest claim appears to have been sent to military authority, first sent to military authorities and then to London police by the parents-in-law of a British Special Forces sniper after his marriage had fallen apart, according to an article on the website of the Sunday People newspaper. It did not offer a source for its reporting. Sunday People said it had seen a seven-page handwritten letter by the in-laws alleging that the soldier, whom the police did not name, had boasted to his wife that the elite British Special Air Service, the SAS, uh, commando unit was behind the deaths. Did they give a, a motive why the no, SAS you know, they would probably, even... I don't, you know, it doesn't yeah, matter. People will fill that shit in. 
And, uh, you know, I can't imagine a motive. I mean, here's one. I don't know if you guys know about this festival. I've known about it for a few years and there's times I've thought about, oh, this would be fun to go to kind of like Burning Man. But (laughs) um, it's uh, the Bilderberg Fringe Festival. So as we've covered in our other conspiracies, the Bilderbergers are, you know, there's this meeting of all these top officials every year and it's Mm. high security and, you know, they're the Illuminati, and they're making up this whole plan for the world. Lizard people. Lizard people. Yeah. Anyways, the, the article is called Uncovering the Truth, quotes, among the conspiracy <laughs> theorists at the 2013 Bilderberg Fringe Festival. And it's a fascinating article, but honestly, I can't imagine a more migraine-inducing <laughs> event than wandering <laughs> into this group of people and saying, hey, what do you think about you? <laughs> you know. but, but given a bottle of Jameson or something, oh, I mean, maybe. maybe some Pennsylvania. Dutch. So wh- wh- where, where, <laughs> where, where is that event monkey held? Power <laughs> your way through it. Sputnik, where is the event held? Oh, it's well, like the Bilderberg, it, it changes. Every oh, okay. Year. You know, we do accept donations <laughs> at tankriot.com. We could u- use these donations to show up at one of these events. Yeah, and we had some recent donations, and I just want to put out a big thank you to those of you who donated. We really appreciate it. It helps pay the bills. By the way, I did not email Tor about this, but I had to take apart our entire broadcasting rig and uh, look at the circuit board, secure one of the connections on an on-off switch. So we're very close to being out, about 500 bucks, but we're, we're limping by. All right, We're limping by, uh, and uh, yeah, any donation that doesn't get used for recording equipment, so uh, will get saved in in case some, of failure. Some of the yeah. other ones that uh-huh. I would just mention in passing is that the picture of Trayvon Martin was not really Trayvon Martin. This other guy was like this really tough, muscly, gangster-looking guy. That was the real Trayvon Martin, but in fact, somebody Googled something and found a picture that looked the same on Facebook and. That's just embarrassing. And uh, Obama has a weather control device, and that's why, you know, if things went bad, all of a sudden there's a huge tornado in Oklahoma. Oh, hey. Well, we already uh, talked about HARP. FEMA camps. That's uh, my favorite FEMA camps. That uh, is it Mia Kako or or what that that, uh, scientist that is always on the news and stuff? He was on the news this morning talking about using lasers to control the weather. Nice. So yeah. there is actually <laughs> science behind this. I, whether or not they're advanced or secretly changing things, probably not. God, but, I can't imagine. Well, and I, then, and then I there's... think, and again, I think it comes down to the more like you're talking about MK Ultra kind of stumbling mm-hmm, through right. this science. There is some science there, and they might may have tried it uh, through history to modify the weather to attack an enemy. It's not as conspiratorial as. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And the last one is, is one that just made me so sad. I just will end with that. Was that like the Apollo moon landing? The Boston Marathon bombing was in fact faked. Mm-hmm. And and this is oh. like somebody just going over all this gory footage and saying, but but this looks the same and this looks the same. I think they all just photoshopped it. It's just yeah. Uh, sorry, dude. You know, gentlemen, unless you have. Any objections? You know, I would just like to wrap this fucker up. <laughs> I find that I find that uh, conspiracy theories leave a bad taste in my mouth sometimes, and mm-hmm. and that's why these episodes are so spread out. <laughs> it's like a purge. It's like a it's like a purge of all yeah. the awful things we see humanity doing. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I tend to always gravitate towards uh, UFOs. 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, they're fun. They're fun. It's fun to study it, and gosh darn it, that'd be neat if they actually confirmed one of these cases, right? But um, uh, I did watch a, a documentary on Netflix that was above average as far mm-hmm. as UFO documentaries tying go, tying the whole timeline together. And and what, it, yeah, it it explained kind of the the history of it uh, much better than you see it at other stuff. So it's called UFOs: The Secret History. And and what it kind of goes through is some of the government project or uh, programs, which is hey, Area Fifty One has been declassified sense. because yeah, it makes you th- yes, it is. That's yeah. cool. They but, admit it. They got an Area Fifty One, right? And yeah, it, that's and true. It's probably like an EPA super hazard site because of all the shit they buried out there. But, <laughs> oh yeah, and yeah. the fact is, yeah, they or crashed. They probably do <laughs> right. have like a skunk works somewhere. Oh, and you yeah. know what? I'm fine with that. Totally. They need to have it somewhere. I don't think they're reverse engineering swine saucers. I don't think they have dead alien bodies. But yeah, is there an Aurora project? Yeah. Yes, I'm sure there probably is. Fine. You know what? Show me the specs. <laughs> I would love to fucking look at it. Yeah, yeah. I, I really don't care. I'm a huge AG aviation buff, and I'm fine with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this uh, The Secret History uh, UFOs movie. So it went into these government programs. That initially, you know, people saw stuff, so the Air Force is like, well, we better, you know, find out what's going on and how those programs morphed from simply trying to explain the phenomenon to trying to debunk it and uh, put a hush on it because just kind of for political reasons and stuff like that. So it's an interesting documentary exactly how truthful it's hard to say cuz i didn't right. i didn't fact check it but um, and and also too it's, it's I worth did. a watch no, I yeah. seen it. i mean you know <laughs> yeah. in documents that have become available since the soviet union disintegrated you know ufo stories were often propagated or let's say sin of omission they were not put down simply to cover up Cold War military testing, and it would be foolish yeah. to think that that didn't occur here as well. Mm-hmm. Again, oh, yeah. not a conspiracy. You're simply using something to cover something else. It's classic disinformation. It's, right, right. it's not, oh, yeah. not a conspiracy, really. It's just, hey, Ferd Thudpucker was out, and he happened to see a stage three test. Well, you know. Did yeah. you see, uh, did oh. you see uh, Richard Dawson, Dawkins talking to... Uh, John Stewart about uh, alien life, yeah. and I thought it was really fascinating because it's the whole idea. Um, Sagan's talked about this a little bit too, but I-, I liked how Dawkins put it. Was like there's this brief window in life forms from the time where they develop communication via radio yeah. to the time that they likely implode. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> either they kill themselves or they you know live on. But uh, you're contemplating your navel to to the point of almost infinite. By Uh by the time you figured out radio waves, you've got like 50 years. And within that amount of time, you're going to develop technologies that can wipe out your entire species. Sure. And it's just fascinating because, you know, we're at that point where we we could make the next turn and, you know, wipe ourselves Mm -hmm. out, (laughs) you know, or not. I mean, you know, Carl Sagan, you know, put forth that theory, mm-hmm. uh, you know, saying that essentially, hey, maybe it's not a given that simply because you have an advanced technology that you survive that, mm-hmm. that maybe there is a certain turning point where you either turn on yourself or yeah, you start eating GMO stuff and you just go completely insane <laughs> and you grow that you third all. ear in the middle yeah. of your forehead. You know, it's yeah. in the literature. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so I mean, like I say, gentlemen, if you don't mind, I think we should just wrap this up and once again say, look, we're not making fun of you. If you want to talk to us about your favorite conspiracy theory that you may passionately believe, if there's ones that we missed, or if you've come across something, please let us know at feedback at com. We're not laughing at it. We're just simply saying, well, number one, we're mockers. Mm-hmm. So that's a given. Number two. Ookla the mockers. <laughs> Ookla the mockers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thunder the barbarian. <laughs> yeah, but in a world where there's a moon half cracked in the atmosphere, <laughs> which should never happen in science. <laughs> but I'm okay with it happening in Thunder the barbarian. That's hey, true. but if you have some hard evidence, if we could actually prove one of these theories. If you know who killed Kennedy. Yeah, that would make conspiracy theory. Theories number 12, much more fun for us, I Please think. Please let us know, because yeah. I'm sure there'll be more of these. Yeah. Because believe me, there's always going to be more of these. <laughs> yeah. So, gentlemen, shall we move along to Mailbag? Mailbag. Sure. Mailbag. 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 I like Mailbag. Mailbag. It's time for Mailbag. So, uh, we had a contest uh, last week, and... Uh, yes. Not a lot of people uh, were into that one. Uh, not a lot of people apparently have seen The Day the Clown Cried. I think uh, there were a few people out there that realized we had read the script. Yeah. So there is a script out there for The Day the Clown Cried. You can you can read it yourself. But Casey R. is our winner. Yes. And Casey, send us your email. You were a very, 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 very late. Uh, you barely made it. But you you did have the two elements won. we were looking for. Yes. Yeah, so what were we looking for? What were the last sounds of the day the cloud cried? First off, it started with a bang of the door shutting mm-hmm. on the gas chamber because Jerry Lewis and all the children, because Jerry Lewis chose to go into the gas chamber with the children right. rather than live in this world. So the gas chamber slams shut, and then we hear what? Harmonica. And the hiss of the gas. Hiss of the gas. There's some children laughing. But we're at the harmonica. For Jerry's harmonica and the hiss of the gas. But the last things you hear are and the harmonica scene. and the gas and scene. So you are a winner. Oh, we'll happy day. Send us your address and we will send you some Scotty swag. Swag is on the way. Swag, swag, swag. <laughs> and thank you for playing our game. <laughs> Do you want to play a game? <laughs> so I, I guess I have an email from uh, Badger Angel. So I want to I want to read this one. Um, she is a uh, very wordy pagan libertarian. So uh, she was revisiting the uh, Vincent episode and uh, had a couple tidbits. Number one, Vincent hated the Conqueror Worm. Hated making it. Hated the movie. Detested the director. And rumor has it. He did a lot of his own action shots. There's supposed to be a scene toward the end of the movie where he's getting beat the hell out of it. And unfortunately, the actor who was opposite him got a little out of hand. Uh, He really is getting beat up in that scene. Supposedly, after they shot it, he jumped up, ripped into the actor, shouted at him, saying it was very unprofessional and several other choice words. The actor was sorry, and Vincent eventually accepted his apology, but it was pretty bad. Uh, she didn't remember if he'd broken or bruised ribs, but it was bad. Tidbit number two. I adore, absolutely adore the Monster Club, which you, Victor, 
spoke to the fifth Beatle about the beginning of the movie has several connotations. The character Vincent plays is a vampire and sort of snatches the human off the street, but the connotation is sort of a foot play under the bathroom stall type thing, if you get me. You know, the old British homosexual encounters, that type of thing. So anyway, I'm going to I'm going to watch that uh, <laughs> with a, a new uh, a new look. So and then the other thing is um, tidbit number three. There's a rumor floating around the interwebs that Johnny Depp and Tim Burton are going to remake Dr. Fives. OK, perfect. Now, now, oh. now just wait. She says, this breaks my heart. It's absolutely positively my favorite VP movie. I love the first Dr. Fives movie. I absolutely refuse to see a remake if those, if it's those two together. Depp playing Fives is a decent director. Um, I have no problems with. But Depp plus Burton made a horrible mess of the Dark Shadows movie. Yes, I know you guys liked it. I have no idea why. If it's those two together remaking Fives, they do the same thing. So anyway... Let's just break right there. Okay. So there's a lot there to discuss. That's a lot to digest. And I think, okay, you're totally right. Tim Burton and Johnny Depp are working together on a Dr. Fives remake. Right. And I know that might be distressing to some people, mainly because I think Tim Burton's uh, gone down a notch or two in his directorial style. And the style was fun at first. And I think it's people are getting tired of it and people are hoping that. Maybe he'll come up with some new ideas and direct well, a little. He's got this flat direction style, yeah. very colorful backgrounds, very um, unique style to his directing. And mm-hmm. I think that it would, I think it would work for Doctor Fives. Well, I'm I will just say, saying it. I will say the same thing about that. Now, I, while I agree with you, uh, Doctor Fives, the two Doctor Fives movies are, are some of my favorite Vincent Price movies. I would not look at a, a Tim Burton, um, Johnny Depp remake as this is a reboot or it's better. Actually, what I look at the the Dark Shadows and, and the Dr. Fibes remakes would be that it would bring attention to these, uh, in the case of Dark Shadows TV series and in Dr. Fibes, these movies that I think are largely forgotten except by a very small group of fans. And so- I... You know, it, it would make people want to go see the originals again. Here's, here's what I'd say about, um, okay, Dark Shadows. Dark Shadows was an update, and Dark Shadows was doing something very different. Dark Shadows was having fun with the whole mythos of Dark Shadows. I loved okay. the Dark Shadows movie, yeah. But with Dr. Fives, it's clean slate. It's a re- It's a remake. Yeah. They're not going to homage back to the original Dr. Fives. I don't think. I mean, that would make no sense. Just do it from beginning to end as its own entity and have Johnny Depp, you know, play Vin. I mean, you know, Johnny Depp is going to play Vincent Price playing Dr. Fives. Right. Boom. That's enough for me right there. I'm there. for Exactly. It. It's got all the elements. <laughs> it's it's very art deco. It's it's very uh, showy piece. It uh, would allow Johnny Depp to be heavily made up in white pancake, which right. seems to be one of those. He likes that. He seems to like that. Uh, what I'll say this about the Dark Shadows uh, movies. Now, I, I grew up watching the entire, all of the seasons. Right. Well, I, yeah, I adore them. It's a multi-season episodic show. And, I mean, I, mean, I loved they tr- when they, they made brought a movie. in. Oh, yeah. They, oh, the movie scared the shit yeah. out of me when I was a kid. But 
And I saw that, you know, first release at the theater and, you know, House of Dark Shadows and everything, you know, all the, you know, there was a, a couple of movies made after the series went off the air. But I love the original series. I mean, yeah, did did it cost like 38 bucks per episode? Yes. Did they do the stack shots in almost like every other scene? Yes. But did it work in like some HP Lovecraft in the later seasons with Cthulhu and the elders and everything? Yeah, it was a great series and I loved it. So if that brings attention and makes people want to see the original series, I say fine. Add to that, it had Hit Girl in it. Add to that, mm. it also had Alice Cooper. I'm a huge Alice Cooper fan. Uh, it had him doing uh, not only No More Mr. Nice Guy, which is an obvious choice. It also had Hit Girl doing the intro and then Alice Cooper doing the ballad of Dwight Fry. Not She's to a mention, very ugly woman. Not to mention, at the party, <laughs> you had original cast members. Not to mention Jonathan Frid, the original mm. Barnabas Collins, like a month before he died. Yeah, that's a good movie. All right, so I'm all over that. You heard it here last, and then you and, and then you also had um, <laughs> you also had the guy from uh, the original uh, Bad News Bears, not to mention the Watchmen as mm-hmm. Rorschach, uh, you know, playing oh, Willie. <laughs> so, but but I gotta say, like, uh, think about Amazing Doctor Fives. Think about that actual movie. How abominable uh, Doctor Fives. Abominable. Do- I'm sorry, abominable Doctor Fives. Think think about how uh, staid it was, and how flat it was, and how yeah beautiful it was, and how ornate it was. They're going to do justice. Come to on, that. Tim Burton's going to be able to direct the shit out of that, and yeah. he's going to only do homage. So, if you really love the Abominable Doctor Fives, yeah, I don't think you should be fretting that Keep Tim Burton open and Johnny Depp. Yeah, keep an open mind. Have yourself a little drinky and go yeah. watch it. It's going to be fucking fantabulous. That's what we do. Yeah. So no worries. I have a letter from Gene Mazzanti who uh, says that uh, it was talking about our Kingfish episode on Huey Long. Oh, yeah. And he brought up a song. And and, and again, this is uh, he said, I would have loved to have heard Randy Newman's song Kingfish. Yeah. And I'm a huge Randy Newman fan. Anyways, he includes some of the lyrics, which I, I, I are fantastic. Definitely, yeah. Who built the highway to Baton Rouge? Who put up the hospital and built you schools? Who looked after shit kickers like you? The Kingfish do. <laughs> that <laughs> nice. is a great song. Yeah. Yeah. I threw that out on the Twitter feed just because I was like, Gene, thank you. I, I totally, for one, I hadn't heard the song at all. Like, it's it's a very little known. No idea. Yeah. No idea it existed. And then I was like, holy shit, Randy wow. Newman threw down for the Kingfish. That's yeah. crazy. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, I also uh, have one from uh, Brandon uh, Schmidling, who uh, talks about the Fresh Ground Pepper in New York looks to be holding an art event dedicated to Rod Serling, which, you know, anything for Rod Serling, I am there. all for. Yeah. And, yep. and he also says, I've been to a similar event in D.C. dedicated to Yuri Garganin. And I hope these kind of one-off podcasts. Yuri Gagarin, can... right? Gagarin. Yeah. Yuri Gagarin. Very true. First the man space in space. Man. Yep. 
Yes. And I hope these uh, one-off populist events keep taking place in so much as our national celebrations and holidays often feature historically dubious characters. <laughs> <laughs> these these aren't dance parties or bar trivia nights, but night-long events in large, often derelict spaces filled with art, demonstrations, and actors in full character that culminate in live theater at the end. Anything like this going on in Madison? Sadly, no. <laughs> no. But there should be, and thank you for bringing <laughs> that to our attention. So I got one. Uh, it's probably for Sputnik, but uh, we got one from Paul who uh, says, Dear Tank Riot, I was listening to the latest podcast on Huey Long, and I heard you make mention of Portage, Wisconsin. I was wondering if any of you had a connection to the town. I grew up there from 1980 to 90, and my mother and sister still live there. Did our paths at one point cross? Please help satisfy my curiosity. No, they did not. <laughs> uh, and I'll tell you why. You would have remembered him. Um, my ex- swearing at you, <laughs> forgetting in his fucking way. You fuck. My experience in Portage was was in the seventies, uh, and uh, believe me, when I reached age uh, of legal age, I got the fuck out of that town as fast as I possibly could. And doesn't I have not Portage, look back. Doesn't Portage mean from the French uh, voyageurs? Get the fuck out of this town as quick as possible. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, I think that's. The um, I often genuflected over the uh, plate <laughs> that said "Father Marquette killed near this spot." <laughs> <laughs> the first out of towner killed for no particular reason. So no, no, our paths did not cross. Uh, Portage is is one of those towns that I I cannot really recommend in any way, shape, or form because. Um, <laughs> It's it's like what I, you probably heard me reference Broadchurch before, you know, where it's a small English coastal town where everybody has a secret, everyone's depressed, and everyone is, uh, you know, trying to hide something, and and that was that was really my sense of it. It was just that um, it's like the it's like the village, you know. There's the concept of the town, the city, the metropolis, whatever, and then there's the village. I mean, to me, Portage was like something right out of Shirley Jackson's The Lottery. I was so, going to say M. Night Shyamalan's Shyamalan's The Village. Where was, was the, the last, guy that came and went? That yeah. was the last M. Night movie I actually liked. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did. I actually enjoyed you that one. You liked The Village? I did. But I yeah. was like, The Why Village the fuck, actually was good. Who, who the fuck's never going to notice a goddamn plane flying over? There's going to be a goddamn plane flying over, and someone's going to go, what the fuck is that? That's got to be a plane, right? Yeah. No, it's, but, it's a Satan thing, bird. Yeah. I mean, come on. Well... You know. But it's a sen- suspension of disbelief. That's right. Now, Portage has kind of a, a, a dense and older downtown, doesn't it? When you say dense, what do you mean? I, I mean, the buildings are close Still together. stupid people. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It, I mean, it has it has a lot of history to it. It had its own brewery at one time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all the, you know, it has a very small uh, downtown area, if you want to call it that. I mean, most of the buildings are unoccupied now. Right. I, I'm just thinking but, it's a good place to, you know, maybe photograph uh dilapidating old buildings yes yes it would be good for that yeah and actually it does there are certain areas of town that that have uh some really interesting old architecture and yeah uh, i mean so i mean it it has its points Mm -hmm. uh but and and i'm not and i'm not taking this out on portage in general because i'm sure a lot of our listeners might live might have lived in a similar location where I'm, I'm sure there's been Twilight Zone and Outer Limits episodes where aliens have taken this small section of a neighborhood and transported it to another planet. 
and that's their entire universe. Well, that's what these kind of towns are like, where, mm. you know, things that are happening outside that's, that's not connected to us, and we're just going to do this and, and whatever. So it's like when archaeologists find some, you know, um, shit-strewn old Iron Age village somewhere, you know, and bodies in the peat bog and so forth. That's kind of what it's like, you know, just very insular, very... Um, this is where, uh, you know, like John John Booger Mellonhead always used to do these, you know, songs about, you know, I was born with a small brain. My I'm parents had that same small brain. Small brain, baby. <laughs> good enough of me. I mean, and, and this, you know, when I hear those songs, like Little Pink Houses and everything, it's like, oh, God, blow it out your ass. <laughs> oh, dude, that guy knew where the money was. Well, of course he did. I mean, he was yeah. like a third string... <laughs> Bob Dylan, <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, that nice Jewish boy from New Jersey. <laughs> uh, but but that's the thing is yeah. is like oh you know I mean and maybe maybe that's what you like and that's fine. I mean there's something to be said for you know small picturesque towns, but I think it's kind of a myth. No, it's not very picturesque. Uh, no, por- it's not. It's a shit. Yeah. Hole. Portage. So it's Portage. where the north begins and dies in the middle of the <laughs> yeah. road. So, and its name said. is a verb. Yeah, As Stanley good. would say, "Nuff said." Nuff said. <laughs> True believers. True believers. <laughs> Imperious Rex. <laughs> no, that was a submariner. <laughs> you know what? I I'm good. I I'm done. I'm good. We're done. We're done. People, thank we're you. done. So, thank you for your donations. Yeah. Please let us know what you think at feedbackandtankride.com. Fuck outro music. This time we're gonna play. Really cool music that's not just our regular outro music. Uh, we, we've we got uh, permission from Tyranny is Tyranny, a local Madison rock band. If you guys remember, I'm a huge fan of United Sons of Toil. They have broken up after a couple albums, and two out of three members of United Sons of Toil created a new band called Tyranny is Tyranny, named after the fourth chapter of Howard Zinn's novel, People's History of the United yeah. States of America. Dude, <laughs> I just heard that a uh, a comic book version of the People's History of the United States has is or has been released. Thank God, there's a dumbed down version for right. people who can't handle pictures reading text. Is good. I right. like pictures. That's I right. like yeah. pictures. I, I like that. Explain to me, hey Earl, check this out. They <laughs> got pictures on this. I just want to be a better. It's person. a graphic novelization. My name is Earl. <laughs> Randy. <laughs> so there Mr. you go. Leahy, they got pictures. <laughs> now, Ricky, this is all the money you have. Julian, you to get rush tickets. <laughs> I need my kitties. All right. So anyway, Tyranny is Tyranny is a great rock band. We're just gonna throw down one song called "Down the K Hole." Yeah. But listen, they got a lot of shows coming up. So we'll throw a link up on our website, but they uh, have a vinyl pre-order uh, that you can get uh, Groovebot, gotagroovrecords.com. Uh, but uh, after you listen to this podcast, they're going to be at the Dragonfly Lounge in Madison on October 12th, Quarters in Milwaukee on October 17th, Awesome Place in Mishawaka, Indiana, and then at Livewire in Chicago on October 19th. So anyway... Great band. Check them out. Please support them. And if you like vinyl, buy their vinyl record. Now, you know, and I'll, t- I'll tell you something. Uh, I mean, this is this is a good band, and it's very deserving of a good listen. 
I originally wanted to have Teenage Nosferatu Pussy by Rob Zombies on Rob Zombies' latest album. Couldn't get permission. Hey, Rob, tell you what. <laughs> Saw your last movie, Lords of Salem. Hey, no House of a Thousand Corpses. Sure, I got to see Mrs. Zombies' butt again, but that didn't make the whole movie for me. <laughs> so either more nudity or more violence, but what the hell? It was lawn nudity. There wasn't. There wasn't. An, there wasn't enough. I just nudity. like to say nudity. <laughs> <laughs> there was. I mean, I expect a little bit more nudity in the zombie movie, and I was somewhat disappointed. Not to yeah. mention more ultra violence, and there was like he was really a sleeper, mm. and I was like, "Wow, ooh." <laughs> And we're Sid Hag for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Whole <laughs> <laughs> <Old> reason. <laughs> Good evening. This has been Tank Riot.
You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.